everybody, and welcome to The Brink as we come to you for our second week of special episodes to close out the year that is 2019. Last week you heard the best of 2019, and this week we are bringing you part one of the best of the decade. That is right. We're closing out another decade, and very exciting to be able to bring you the best bits of the decade. It's clearly as simple as it sounds. This is part one. We were only going to do this in one part, but we had so many moments that we wanted to share with you again from the last 10 years that we thought, well, bugger it, let's do two parts to close out the decade that was. So today, you are going to hear best bits from the years that are between 2010 and 2014. And of course, all of these moments happened when we actually were still live on radio back in our Edge Radio days in Hobart. So a lot of these you would have heard before if you're a long-term listener to the podcast. Of course, we replayed all the best ofs basically in our flashback segment. But this is just a chance to relive some of those moments, some of the moments that we are quite proud of, quite fond of, think they're funny, think you'll enjoy them all over again. And that is what you are going to hear today. So sit back, relax, and listen to the best of the decade of the brink for the years between 2010 and 2014. It is a privilege right now. We've been given the hurry up. We thought we had a time constraint when we had Will Hodgman on the show. This is different. We've got, we've got, well, I was going to say royalty. Not really, sort of. But uh, joining us now here in the brink. She represents royalty. Live in Vancouver on the downtown Live City site. It is an absolute honour and privilege to be joined by, I believe, the 21st, have I, no, 22nd Prime Minister of Canada, Stephen Harper, and the current the current Governor-General. What's going on? Stop pointing at people. It's rude in front of the Prime Minister. Where's which, um, where's the Prime Minister? It's, I, the Prime Minister is here with me. Oh, okay. And the Governor-General's out. Can you not me. see? Oh, Hello there. Hi, boys. Oh, oh, hey, you're playing music for me. That's, that's American. I know, sir, sorry. Stephen Harper, Prime Minister of Canada, thank you for your time. Anthony was getting confused because he couldn't recognise you with your uh, orca whale hat. The best sight, you know. And the fact that you fly with the wings of the mighty Thunderbird. Oh, hey, that's fine. Look, you know, we, we like to fly with these here in Canada. It's great to be here in, in Vancouver for the games. And I really hey, like to talk about this sort of stuff. <laughs> well, uh, Matt is laughing at your hat and Anthony is just looking. Anthony, are you going to introduce... I didn't realise how um, strong your accent was, <laughs> it's Mr. Ma- Prime Minister. Oh, hey, you know, it's it amazing. We, we, we like to sort of, you know, come up with these things at this time, you know. I don't want to sound like I normally do, eh? Because we're in the Olympics. The world's here in Canada, Anthony, eh? You know, it's, it's a boot time. It came back and it's just it's amazing to be here. Thank you, sir. Um, Anthony, are you going to introduce the Governor yes, General? Is she going to the, sit um, there? The, um, the, the Governor General of Canada. Herself, <laughs> the Honourable, Her Excellency, Michelle Jean. Michelle. Hello, it is me, it is uh, Michelle. How are you? Oh, look, it's an honour to have you on the show. You're looking very glowing and radiant. Well, in thank this. you, but uh, you are only human and you're not. Oh, thank you very much. Now, um, you and I go way back, uh, Michelle, before. Yes, uh, that is right. My voice is just gone up also because, uh, because I realize that uh, I am Canadian and uh, I think it is very important for me to um, speak as a woman. Oh, hey, I know what you mean, eh? Oh, shut up, Stephen. You go over the corner. We haven't spoken to you for a bit there. But, uh, Michelle, the world is coming to Canada. 
How is this feeling for you being the Governor General? Je suis très fier, which means I am very proud of it because uh, as a French Canadian, I think that uh, for us to be here in such world stage platform, I think it is great. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that one, Michelle. I'm I'm Stephen Harper again, and I'm just loving the fact that you boys are so funny, and I just cannot stop laughing. And Matt, you're are you Matt Stevenson, eh? Stephen, they're just uh, wondering whether you have Scottish grandparents or. <laughs> well, no, a lot of people talk about that with me on. <laughs> Torque. I'm going to cut him off there because he Torque? spat all over the microphone and it is frozen on my nose. All right, Stephen, I don't care if you're the Prime Minister, you're going over there. We've, we we can't Kevin Rudd down with a stick. And John Howard, ugh, don't talk about what we used to do you to him. No double dissolution time for him, I think. It oh, eh, I, I don't. Hello, uh, Michelle, I, you didn't return my calls, eh, the other night. You are dead to me now. No, no, look, eh, no, look I, you've got to open the games tomorrow, but we need to come up with this sort of for Canada. Oh, Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. not German. No. This is, we disagree. Look, I, this isn't political platform. We've already had our soapboxes from our Liberal candidates. Matt, do you have a question for the Prime Minister or Governor General? Oh, for Michelle here. I'm just wondering, uh, obviously we've come over here from uh, Hobart. We're, we're aiming to get the 2020 Olympics down to Hobart. Would you be able to give us a reference to uh, the IAC as well after this? Obviously, we're wonderful people. I can do... Shut up, Stephen. The Governor-General is talking. Sorry. Uh, that is all right. Uh, I'm used to him, so I tell. I hit him all the time. You shut your mouth, eh? <laughs> that was... Oh. What are you talking about, eh? Uh, I, <laughs> good impersonation, Michelle. Well done. Well, I am French. Sorry, yes, Canadian. answer the question, please. Uh, what was the question? Oh, that... That is right. Uh, Jacques Rogge and I are very good friends. He comes here a lot, uh, uh, especially for the Olympic uh, Winter Games. So it is uh, very fun for us. Uh, I will speak to him. I will say, Hawk oh, wants you and uh, you should want Okog, and you will have the Olympic Games in uh, 2020. Now, look, we're nearly I am sounding very uh, manly right now because I am... Uh, I am you had some wheat picks. Woman. You have, have, we gave you some wheat, Australian food. I am food. a wheat picks kid. Yes. I now, love your Australian food. <laughs> Before we, we're going to wrap things up in just a second. Don't worry, Stephen, I'll get to you in a second. Um, now, uh, you've, you've got to open the games tomorrow, Michelle. Have you yeah, been practicing yes. your speech? Are you nervous? Yes, but uh, the trouble is I have to speak in French and English. Uh, lady voice. Um, it is uh, very fun. I'm very... Yes, no, I'm looking forward to it very much. Uh, it will be good. And uh, Stephen, um, are you are you disappointed that you don't get to open the games? I know there was a you know a bit of back during the Olympics in Sydney, people thought that uh, Johnny Howard should have opened the games, but they got the Governor General. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, hey, look, you know, I don't really care to be honest. I mean, it's just it's it's part of the office, eh? You know, she's she's higher. She knows the Queen. She has connections. You know, you know, I, I once saw Barack Obama in the street, but nobody seems to care about that, eh? But uh, you know. <laughs> They know what they're doing about stuff and uh, stuff. <laughs> Keep it consistent. All right, what are you talking about? He's, I've pushed him away. Look, Stephen Harper, Prime Minister of Canada, thank you for your time. Oh, that's fine. Eh? Enjoy your time here in Vancouver and uh, go Canucks. No, let's not go Canucks. Go the Flames. Thank you. And uh, Anthony and the Governor General, Michelle, thank you for your time. You're here. very welcome. And I'm, I hope you have a very good time in uh, Canada. I, I hope we do too. We're going to go back to the music. God, that segment was awful. <laughs> I should mention, of course, uh, I like about two weeks ago I went to the Australian Grand Prix to um, cover the race for the F1 show, and um, I played the interviews on Monday through the F1 show. But um, people might have missed them, Anthony, and that's very true. Yes, you <laughs> might have been one of them. 
And I just might want to show these off again. Show them off again. Because I spoke to God. I literally spoke to God. He stood right in front of me. Yeah, for those who don't know who God is, who is God? He's God. (laughs) (laughs) Who's God? Michael Schumacher is God. Thank you. He stood right in front of me. I held the microphone out and I spoke to God. And and what is your your religion? (laughs) Ferrari. No, he doesn't even drive a Ferrari anymore, but that's different. But all I can say is those people now who come on TV and like, I was touched by God. I can literally say I was because I shook his hand too. So um, for those of you who missed it on Monday, uh, let's first of all listen to uh, my chat with God himself, Michael Schumacher. Michael, how has the um, reception of the Australian fans been on your return this time? Oh, very good. We, uh, very relaxed and, uh, how you say, respectful. So it was was quite nice. Been here for more than a week of holiday. I've met lots of uh, Australian people in, in very nice uh, uh, situations. And it's, uh, it has been, you feel welcome. That's, that's, that's great. Did you and Karina enjoy Lady Gaga the other night? Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask about Lady Gaga. Um, Ben, you sounded very calm for who he is. I know. You should have seen him. You sounded almost like, oh, do I have to be here? (laughs) God, what do you want? (laughs) God, Ben. God, what do you want? But you said, I think you were over, you were trying too hard not to be like overwhelmed by his presence. I'm a serious journalist, Anthony. You know, I mean, here I am, Michael. How are you today? Michael, how are you? How did you and Karina find Lady Cakes? Well, 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 well. But he had a yuckle and you made him yuckle. No, look, that's different, isn't it? Now, I may not hold the same high esteem for uh, the reigning world champion Jensen Button, but um, let's let's hear my chat. Oh, I do. Two G- I know you do. Two chats I had with him, first of all, before the race itself on the Friday. Uh, this is what Jensen had to say to my good self. A lot of people have been talking about the setting sun on the twilight race. If it's overcast, do you think that will be a bit better for the drivers, given that there will be hopefully no problem with the sun then? Yes, I hope that's the case. Um, I just don't want it raining, so I'd rather the sun blinding us than the rain. Um, here, so and rain and sun would be even worse. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is a little bit tricky. And last year, a few people complained about the light, and I was one of them. Uh, there are a few things that we can do with our helmet manufacturers to help with the visors, which which I have done. So I'm much happier with what I have. But um, yeah, it's always a little bit tricky, and when it's a, a twilight race, but we'll deal with it. And uh, you know, I would prefer it to be dry, sunny. If it's not overcast, but. No, rain wouldn't be so good, but if it is, we'll make the best of it. And ten years ago, you actually made your debut here in Australia. How has the Australian public changed over time? Now that you're world champion too, has it been fantastic reception being back here in Melbourne? It has, yeah. You know, the, the Australian fans are, are big supporters of, I think, of any sport. Um, but Formula One also, and I think having Mark Webber racing, it's great for the Australians, and I think it's great for Formula One, because it brings a lot of new fans from Australia to the sport. So it's, uh, yeah... I think we've all had a great reception here, and I think it's it's a pretty special race in the centre of Melbourne. Um, very spectacular, and obviously it's you know it's, it's a beautiful race as well, and it's it's a great way to start off the year. I know we're one race in, but still it's the start of the season. It is, Jensen. Thank. I'm talking over myself now, and um, I did get to chat to him again. You want to hear one more? Yeah, do it again. I know you do. Uh, the press conference after the race on Sunday. Uh, this is what the winning driver Jensen Button had to say to me. Jensen, do you think that uh, with a lot of talk over the last uh, couple of days about changing the rules because of Bahrain, that this is the race that might put some of the very weird suggestions to rest for a while? I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that uh, we all had um, thoughts and we we probably all thought that last race was not the most exciting and what are we going to do about it now? 
Um, but I'm glad that we haven't really jumped to too many conclusions um, or, or ideas because I think this race was a great race. You know, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, obviously, when you win the race, you have more fun than any other position. But um, you know, overtaking cars on the circuit and, uh, and watching on the screen with a lot of action going on is, is great. Um, I hope it's not just because of the weather conditions. I hope that we can have races like this because this is what we love. And uh, you know, hopefully these, these sort of races are here to stay. You are going to have races that aren't the most exhilarating experience for us, but that's the way it is. You know, it's it's you know, not every football match is fun to watch. So it's it's got to be a bit of a balance, I think. Um, one thing that was was pretty tricky in this race was the light. Uh, I had a clear visor at the end of the race, and I was struggling to see in the last few laps. So it seemed a lot darker than last year. I suppose it's because there was no sunlight; it was all behind the clouds. So that might be something we need to look at a little bit. Yes, Jensen Button, we might. Um, that was uh, Jensen Button talking to me at the Australian Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. For those who missed it on the F1 show on Monday, Ben, what is next? Oh, well, you tell me. Gertrude. Is her name? Oh, well, tell us. She about her. is an incredibly wise and well-travelled lady, and she likes to talk to people about life, and more particular, more particularly about their lives. Oh, look, I want to hear. And um, so here she is now, Gertrude. Gertrude, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Where's my music? Thank you, Anthony, Ben. Hello, I'm Gertrude, and this is Gertrude's Candor. Now listen, listen to me, Anthony. You listen to Gertrude. Yes, listening. You know what I did during the week? No. I spoke to Philip. You know, Philip is my husband. My husband, Philip, and he said to me, he said to me, Gertrude. Come here. I want to kiss. And I said, Philip, no. You know why I said no, Anthony? Why did you Because say I did no? not want to kiss him because he is a man. And you know what <laughs> is wrong about him being a man? What? It's the fact that he has something between his legs, which I just do not like. No, Anthony, <laughs> tomorrow is grand final day. Grand <laughs> yes. final day in the Australian Football League. Now, you know who is going to win. Ben who? I mean, Gertrude. Who is Ben? <laughs> I'm Gertrude. Now, listen to me. I will tell you who is going to win, and I will tell you now. The person, the team, the the team who is going to win is the team. Anthony, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. The team that is going to win is a team that has the most points at the end of the game. Now that is quite a mathematical thought, because I came to that conclusion with quite easy mathematics. Now listen to me, Anthony. I I predict that the team who wins will also lift up the cup, the trophy of glory, the cup that signifies the glorious team of the AFL. And that team, that team with the most points, will be in history. And you know what else I said during the week, Anthony? What? What When I sat down and I made that prediction, I said to Philip, I said, Philip, you come here, you come here now, and you listen to Gertrude. And he said, Philip, he said, Gertrude, I said, what? And he said, give me a kiss. And I said, no, you know why not? Because you're a man, and I do not like it. And that is... That is Gertrude's Gander, and that is this week's. That was interesting. Wow. That she was something, wasn't she? We have a via satellite, and she just left already. Um, I don't know. That was. I don't know about her predictions, though. She, yeah. She's mm. very forceful, isn't she? She is. It's like, you listen to me. I'm Gertrude. <laughs> Gertrude, are you here? Ready? Um, hello, boys. Hello. Hello, Ben. That's right. If I was hopeless. Hello? Am I? Good. Am I ready? Hello, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Gertrude. How are you? Are you impersonating me? Are you impersonating? Well, what happened to my music? I'm disappointed. At least when you move the microphone. Yes, I music. Am. Anyway, you know what? This week in Gertrude's Canada. Hello, I'm Gertrude, and this is what happened this week. I got home from India. 
and I saw Philip, and I said, Philip, did you miss me? And he said, yes. And you know what I said to Philip Anthony? What, Ben? What is, I mean, Gertrude. What did I say to you? I'm Ben. That's Gertrude. I'm Gertrude. Anthony, you know, well, anyway, I said to Philip, I slapped him in the face, and I said, I didn't miss you. I met a lovely Indian man by the name of Rami. <laughs> you know what Rami did to me, Anthony? What? Things that I can't mention at this time on the radio, but I said to Philip, I said, Philip, let's go into the bedroom, and I'll show you a few things. And then Philip did. He showed me his, his coin collection. He got a new coin. He got one from Bermuda. It was exciting. Wow. I got so excited I baked him a cake and you know what I said to Philip then? Eat it? I said Philip, Philip, Philip Philip, eat that cake and make me a flake and then he did and then before you know it, it was Saturday evening and we were watching Hey Hey It's Saturday. You know what it's so exciting now Anthony Moran about? Oh what? Hey Hey It's Saturday being back on a Saturday You know what's so exciting about it Anthony Moran? What? It's back on a Saturday. It's back on a Saturday I was so excited I pooed my panties at Gertrude's Gander. I'll speak to you next week well, that Fantastic. was convenient. And she's gone. She does it and just leaves. I like that music, by the way. Yeah, it's very beautiful, very relaxing. Where did we find her? Um, she was one of our um, regular um, listeners who would always sit outside the studio. And um, she always used to speak to me. She didn't like you um, in the very beginning. She doesn't. No. That's why she never talks to me when we're in. And that's why she's always complaining. She's always saying, you know, like, yeah. Ben this, Ben that, you know. Oh, well. Um, this stuff happened. here she is. <laughs> No, it's right. You can start us off. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Oh, okay. oh here we go. Two questions. Yes. People say when I'm on television, all I do is whinge. Oh, is really? that true? I've heard that too, and I don't get it. And uh, the second thing is, does the telly put five kilos on you? I'm starting to get paranoid <laughs> about this. Scott Bacon said the other day in Parliament <laughs> that I look old. Did and, he really? And, and people on Facebook were saying, yes, yeah, actually, you are starting to look old. Wow. So is that true? Well, for starters, coming from Scott Bacon, that shocks me because uh, I couldn't imagine old Scott saying that. It was actually a very good-humoured exchange in Parliament. Right. People just see the... The hardcore stuff, but we were sitting down to start, I think, a four or five hour session with each other discussing his tourism budget. And I Mm. said, "Um, gee, I'm starting to feel old because when I first entered Parliament, I sat across this table from your father. Mm. And he said, you're starting to look it, which was very funny. (laughs) And then ensued a little bit of an exchange between us. It was all good humour. They no offence meant, none taken. None, none taken. Well, look, um, being the fact that you are the opposition leader, it is kind of your job to whinge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. Um, it's all part of the, the gig, I'm afraid. Mm. Uh, and What it, else can you do? I mean, you, without being disrespectful, there's not a lot more you can do. As uh, in, in charge of Tasmania, is there? No, look, we try and be positive and try mm. and get the government to do things which we think are good ideas, and occasionally they do, and, and occasionally we congratulate them for doing the, the right thing but by and large the nature of our political system demands that somebody be a whinger and mm. normally it's the leader of the opposition mm. well, who I has mean, to do it. That's the thing ah. and the, the, what happened to the good old days where you'd have you know the government and then you'd have the opposition and then you'd have the Greens on the side trying yeah. to win but now well, no. they're the good old days. But they're not there and they're just a Green now. Yep. Is, it's not that fun anymore, is it? They are a wholly owned subsidiary. And it's quite different from when I first entered Parliament. There were literally two opposition parties and we mm. were down at a fairly low ebb. So a lot of people thought and said the Greens were the true opposition, but there are not many people saying that now. No, no. And I, I have to say that you comment on uh, Facebook last night. I, uh, <laughs> the I, Greens I, one. I, I liked that. I literally clicked the like button. So, yeah, you know. no, I did. I actually commented on it. Oh, so did I did you? One better, all yeah. right, all right. Did you did you respond to Kelly? Will I haven't reviewed all that. We no, we finished relatively late last night in Parliament, and it's the end of a, a fairly long session. We're going into winter break now, recess, aren't you? Yeah, for a very long time. So 
I, to be honest, I turned the phone off and went home and watched a bit of telly with my wife and had a beer. Look, we'll wrap it up with the five questions we like to ask. That wasn't one of the questions. No, I'm sorry, it definitely wasn't one of these. These are probably the hardest questions you'll ever get asked in your entire political career. Are you scared now? I'm very. Diff- I'm, I'm quite petrified, actually. The yeah. answer to all of the questions before hearing them is, I didn't do it, and I don't know. All right, then maybe maybe the doctors are probably there in the background uh, saying <laughs> you shouldn't answer these to to produce undue stress. Far away. All right. Question number one: What is your favourite type of cheese, Kevin? Uh, I'm very much a um, a King Island cheese man. Oh, good Tasmanian cheese. I like mm. to hear that. No, that's true. That's... There's, a, there's a King Island brie, which I think is terrific. Oh, good, absolutely delicious cheese. I love some of the King Island products. King Island cream. Is is always in my fridge. I tell you that now. Question number two, Kevin Wright, are you a folder or a scruncher? I fold when I pack. I scrunch when the clothes have been used. But nothing I'm, to do I'm with both. toilet paper. No, I'm talking about packing, packing <laughs> clothes in a suitcase. What were you talking about? Oh, toilet paper, of course. What else would I be talking about? It's a family program. Move on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Question number three, growing up, uh, who was the childhood crush? Who were the posters on Kevin Wright's wall? Ah, hmm. That is a very very good question we're talking about like a long time ago here well you know i'm not saying you're that old kevin i mean what was that 10 years ago when you were younger 15 yeah 15 15 yeah yeah i think um uh, i probably i probably would have gone for little patty little patty wow she would be absolutely honored with that i think wouldn't she Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She could, um, you know, return the favour and put some posters of you on her wall. Well, that's um, depending on her level of desperation. Mm. That's right. <laughs> and still on growing up too, what was the dream job in Kevin Rudd's life? The dream job in Kevin Rudd's life? I think what I thought of uh, first to do was to go off and be an architect. Right. And um, to go and design buildings and all that sort of stuff. Well, in a way, you designed the, uh, the building of the future for Australia, so that kind of worked. Well, there's uh, physical buildings, but which you've got to plan ahead for and how they're going to be used. But then when you try and do policy design for the future of the country, you've got to think ahead as well. So, yeah, but I still like, um, I still like um, studying buildings. And in Hobart, you have the best set of the best set of period buildings of every of any state capital in Australia. You certainly do. Well, there's something you could do in the hospital bed for those eight weeks. You can draw some buildings. I could. I could. I'll work on that. I'll you can draw me re- a new house, Kevin. Send it do down me, to me. Tell me to work on the redesign of Constitution Dock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can help design the cable car for the mountain. You can help design the main stadium for the Hobart Olympic bid. How does that sound? Yes, next question. <laughs> Final question, Kevin Rudd. When it comes to lollies, do you like to suck on them for a while and savour the flavour, or do you just like to go straight in and chew them? I'm a notorious chewer. I have no patience for the old, um, you know, suck it and see approach. You put something which is sweet in my mouth and the old teeth are grinding away pretty quickly. How's this reception tonight so far here in Hobart? Really, people are very sweet. You know, that was my experience when we were here shooting. Um... And, you know, it's funny, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm a guest, so you expect me to be polite, but it's beyond that. It, I really uh, hope that's a special place. And what was it like working with Sam Neill and Francis O'Connor? Great, great. Uh, they're, they're both great, and the kids in the film are great, too. Uh, Sam I knew because I had worked with him two times before, and he's really a great man and a great actor, and he's a lot of fun to be around. What do you think about a sequel one day? If the Tassie Devil ever gets extinct, you might be able to come back and look for one of them. I don't think this movie is a sequel movie, you know, but let's let's enjoy what it is, huh? It's Radio 99.3 FM. It is The Brink, Friday the 1st of July 2011. And after months of campaigning, it is with great pleasure that I may now introduce the biggest guest ever 
to appear right here on Edge Radio in our eight years on air. She is the 27th and current Prime Minister of Australia. Please welcome to the brink, Julia Gillard. Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning. I was intending to skydive in, but got a little bit scared at the last moment. So I'm on the phone instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, we can get you to skydive in at a later date. That would be a magnificent (laughs) entry. I'm sure sure you and you've seen the pictures of us skydiving together, Julia. I have seen the pictures of us skydiving together. I'm worried I look a little bit of a funny colour, but maybe I would if I was skydiving, look a bit green around the gills. (laughs) Well, look, you know, we'll try that out next time we have a chat then, and we'll see what colour you really do turn. How does that <laughs> I think uh, very, very pale would probably be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I must admit, Prime Minister, that after our campaign to get you on this show, I actually now have an understanding as to what you politicians go through in an election campaign, and you guys really are a strong type of person. <laughs> you do have to be a strong type of person. Got to have a focus on the nation's future and got to be able to push through a fair bit of work every day. So I do that. But, uh, you know... Getting an occasional moment out for a bit of fun is a good thing too. And, of course, you mentioned briefly too before about our International Julie Gillard Day. Now, we had that a few weeks ago, uh, and I'm telling you now that if the support for International Julie Gillard Day is anything to go by, you will remain Prime Minister for at least the next 10 years. <laughs> well, that's uh, nice to hear. I've, uh, you know, been a bit blown away about having an International Day named after me. That's amazing. So thank you for starting that off. <laughs> all, the, all the best people in the world, Prime Minister, have to have the day named after them. So you just join an elite few that actually have that (laughs) honour. That honour in Hobart. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Now, look, in the short amount of time we do have this morning with you, uh, we're trying to keep things a little bit away from the world of politics. But, uh, look, if you were to go back a year ago and, uh, you know, everything that happened with you becoming Prime Minister did not happen, would you maybe sort of go back on things and get out of the world of politics and try and be, you know, remain a lawyer or go and do something like a teacher, that avoid it altogether? Oh, absolutely not. No, this is a fantastic privilege uh, to be Prime Minister of this country and it gives you a remarkable opportunity to shape the future and to make sure Australia's a better nation. So I enjoy doing that every day, full of enthusiasm for it. And uh, look, as I said, keeping things a little bit uh, non-political this morning, your beloved Bulldogs, Prime Minister, they're not doing too well this year. Can they, can they pull things together and make the finals. What do you think? Well, it has been a tough old period. I'm actually going to be at the Bulldogs later today. They're having a citizenship ceremony. So I'm going to be welcoming some new Australian citizens as well as wishing my Bulldogs well. Uh, We've uh, been a little bit in the wars, but you've got to take it a game at a time, keep your focus and see what we can do for the rest of the season. Do you try and work your schedule around their games? So you're trying to spare a couple of hours every week to actually sit down and watch them play? It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. I'd love it if it did, uh, but the pressures of work mean I miss a lot of games and don't get to watch them. But when I do get to go, it's fantastic. And last year there was a game you went to. You're walking off the field arm-in-arm, basically, with Barry Hall. What were you guys talking about? (laughs) Uh, Talking about football rather than politics. (laughs) That must have been a nice change then. It was a good change. Got to kiss Barry Hall. What's not to like? Oh, look, that's something that you put up there. And when the day comes and you retire, that will be in your wallet forever, won't it? (laughs) That's right. And I've even got the photo, so I'll have the moment moment for all time. Absolutely. Now, look, before we wrap things up, Prime Minister, we're going to ask you a set of five questions we do like to ask our guests really quickly. But I just also want to ask, too, given we are a youth station here in Hobart, we have a lot of young and 
impressionable listeners listening to this right now. If they're trying to work out what they want to do in life when they grow up, would you recommend the role of Prime Minister to them? I certainly would. If that's your passion, a passion for change, a passion for leadership and shaping our country's future, it's the job for you. And they can move things forward, can't they? Uh, they certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll wrap it up with a set of five questions. It'll be really quick as we realise that you kind of have a country to run, so we can't waste time asking silly little questions to the Prime Minister of Australia. Uh, Prime Minister, first question to you, what is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, favourite type of cheese? I love all sorts of cheese, but I particularly like soft ones like camembert and brie. So they have the Prime Ministerial approval there? They do indeed. <laughs> all right. Uh, question number two, Prime Minister Julie Gillard, are you a folder or a scruncher? <laughs> I think some things the Prime Minister shouldn't talk about on the radio. Oh, we can't get a scoop, not at all. No, no, no scoop, sorry. Oh, no comment. <laughs> uh, question number three. Uh, when you're growing up, who was the celebrity crush? Who were the posters on Julia Gillard's wall? Oh, look, it's so long ago, this is going to be embarrassing, but it was people like... David Essex. Ah. You probably don't even remember I, I, who he I don't, was. I don't, he wasn't around when I was young, but I do know who David Essex is, and I'm sure a few of our listeners do. Yeah, and it was the days, you know, where Skyhooks and, uh, you know, bands like that were ruling the Australian scene, so uh, all of the Australian bands, but give a crush on David Essex. Oh, I'm sure if he's listening, then, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> question number four. Yeah. Uh, when you were also growing up, what was the dream job? A uh, dream job when I was uh, growing up was a being a teacher, that was my first vision of what I wanted to do. Uh, and then in my uh, late years in high school, I uh, decided I'd try law uh, and was a lawyer for a period of time, but I never quite imagined doing this, what I'm doing now. <laughs> well, I'm telling you now, you were kind of teaching the people of Australia how to move forward, as I said, so you sort of are <laughs> a teacher, aren't you? Yeah, some of those skills probably come in handy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the final question this morning, Julia Gillard, Prime Minister of Australia, who let the dogs out? <laughs> who let the dogs out? Mm. Well, I... Uh, Hopefully the dogs go out this weekend full of fight. <laughs> and they beat, they have a big win over Melbourne tonight. Well, Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time here on the Brink and Edge Radio. Fantastic to have a chat with you. Good luck for the rest of the year, and hopefully we will speak to you again in the not-too-distant future. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you for International Julia Gillard Day. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yeah, I can dance that. You're gonna have this stuck on your head all day, aren't you? Yep. Bit of rod. It's a bit of a sort of remake. Yeah, yeah. Sort of bit to bit dance music. And this is the bit you gotta go. Nah, nah I'm not gonna see. This is no, the lyrics. Okay. Now, this is a segment that ladies around Hobart have been quivering about. They've been they've been waiting so much to get involved. This is essentially where you know Kelly and I. We're loved. We have a significant other that that treats us well. Peter, on the other hand. You just, you need someone. I need someone. You so, ne- Grace, if you're still out there, you texted <laughs> earlier, text us back in. Uh, no, I can't say she has. Now, um, this is basically the part of the show where we try and sort of update, and we, we might sort of maybe once a week bring in a potential mate for yes. Peter to, um, to, 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 to converse with, yeah. to find out if they match. And then Kelly and I will give a compatibility rating. Yeah, and, and um, just before you go into that, by the way, mm-hmm. can I just give some, um, not legalese, but some <laughs> conditions of, of dating? Uh, sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> must, must be of legal age. In Australia. In Australia for drinking, to clarify. <laughs> yes. Um, preferably female. 
well, preferably female, but you're open to all options. Um, yeah, if you're really, if you're a good-looking bloke, <laughs> we're talking tats and muscles here, oh, man. Oh yeah, 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 muscles and a and, biker. I mean, yeah, come on. absolutely, must have the full goatee and everything. Yes, yes, and blonde brunette, but I am partial to redheads. No, look, Peter, I'm this just is put that out there. You're kind of answering. You're jumping ahead. You jump in the gun. Kelly and I are the judges here. We are the official adjudicators <laughs> of this segment. If we think somebody's suitable for you, we'll give them to you. But if not, sorry, then the trash. Right. Quick, some questions here. We've got to. We've got to get people to let to know here. Right. Uh, you need a headline. Give me a couple of words that the first thing women will think about Peter. They think of what? Sexy. <laughs> confident. The man you've been looking for. Yeah, the man you've been looking for. Is All that... right. Your height. Now, would you consider yourself um, any one of these following? Can you even oh, see the on. screen? Just go to that microphone there, Peter. Uh, right. How are you going well, there? This, Good. This is professional radio. It is very professional. This uh, is what the brink stands for. I'm right. Which one of them will you describe for? I'd put you at about um, under 152 centimetres. I'm not that short. Uh, under 160. Body type. Slim athletic average. A bit overweight. Large-ish. Average. Um, average. Do my smoking habits. No, uh, I don't. Trying to quit. Do you uh, have children? You're not even listening to me, uh, are you? Not that you know of. Um, um, no. My personality, very private, average, social, I'd just say yeah. short, my hair. Um, um, uh, Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting the ladies excited, yeah, right? exactly. We don't need to look all that sort of stuff. No. Now, what are you looking for? What is your age range? Well, that's fine. What height? I'd probably say under 50 centimetres. Um, is it important if they smoke or not, Peter? Um, well, preferably non-smoker. So trying to quit as well? Okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Children, thoughts? Um, You're not about important. the same height? Not, not important. Um, so, yes, Be- having children at home sometimes. <laughs> Beautiful. Body type? Um, slim. Slim. Uh, a bit overweight. <laughs> uh, personality. What sort of, what attracts you? What personality of the of the, uh, of the species that you're looking very for? Very social. Very social? All right. So we'll just put it in, you know, middle to range there. <laughs> and their relationship status. What would you prefer um, them well, to be? Single, hopefully. So married. Okay. <laughs> now, describe the qualities of your ideal partner. Um, hot. Okay. So semi-attractive. <laughs> yes. Keep going. Yeah. Semi-attractive. Um... You have to have good-looking friends. <laughs> I was going to say, that's incredibly... <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, well, then you're settled then. If they're yeah, friends exactly. with us, then that's fine. What, yeah, well, what, what else do you need to know, really? Yeah, um, yeah we're, we're attractive enough, or you are. <laughs> you're very honest with this, aren't you, Pete? Yeah, well, I have to be. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we should need that. So, uh, right, um, what else uh, is there that needs to be known about Peter? So if you're, what's your first date, you know, where would you take... Well, uh, well I'm just going to say I'm paying, for starters. If that gives you, if the girls... Free date, Hobart, free date, men, yeah, women, straight here. Can I take that offer up? No. Really? Because you're already taken. I think Louise wouldn't be very happy. Yeah, she won't mind. She can come along. It can be like... Make her threesome. <laughs> Peter, that's not what we're looking for here, all right? Now, come on. Um, okay. Um, Candlelit dinner, movie. Yeah, yeah, no, mo- not movie. Um, not movie. I- I'll give you a dinner and a show, but I'm just not going to tell you what sort of show yet. going to give them a show? Yes. As in, like, here you go. Uh, well, no, no. Tickets to Temptation and Deal or No Deal or, you know, Phantom of the Opera or Pete's Private Palace. Dinner at Rest Point. There you go. <laughs> well, all right, then. He's yeah, splurging yeah. out there, yeah, ladies. Revolving uh, restaurant, that, here I'm, we come. If I'm desperate enough to go on the radio looking for a date, <laughs> I'm desperate enough to pay for it. <laughs> Well, you see, Peter, this is what happens when you put your voice out there. All right, because this is this is the thing, right? If this was television, people could just stare at you and go, yeah, he's a bit all right, mm. all right, you know, I'd go there. Because it's radio, 
Right. Some people out there might not have access to the internet. They're sort of laying in bed, waking casually up to these lovely voices on their radio, 99.3 FM. And they, they go by on your voice. Yes. So, I mean, is that your selling point? Probably not. Probably But I reckon, not. best bet, go to our website, which mm. is, Ben, what's our website? Our website, Peter, is thebrickradioshow.com. Thank you. And, and look up my profile, my bio, mm-hmm. on the website, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and find out everything you need to know about And me. if you don't have the internet? Um, then just knock on the window and just point and laugh at Pete. Yeah. Well, I've seen the picture of you in your little Robin outfit, by oh, the way. Yes. It's, it's fetching. Well, look, we're going to wrap this up now, Ro, with five questions. And uh, look, these are going to be so hard that uh, I don't even know if you'd want to steal these. Question number one, what is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's there's a jalapeno cheese here. It's, it's Monterey pepper it's called and it's it's fantastic really spicy i love it do they deep fry it at all no but it's it's bright orange which is weird but then it's got like uh yeah chopped up bits of jalapeno in it which is awesome right well we'll have to track that one down put that one on the list uh rove mcmanus question number two are you a folder or a scruncher oh i'm a scruncher oh that's what i like to hear not enough people are scrunching these days no you need the most amount of surface area between you your hand and what you're wiping oh right technical term i like that actually we're going to use that one as well. Yeah, yeah. that's why if you fold it, it, there's too much of a chance of things touching that you don't want touching. Yeah, and that's just a bit awkward. Uh, question number three. Growing up, Rove McManus, what was your dream job? Zookeeper. Zookeeper. You're a big animal fan, aren't you? Yeah, yes, and there's part of me that still kind of <laughs> would happily go there if I if I need to. You're young. You can still manage to do something. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have a trade to fall back on. Very much so. We've actually got a, uh, a local musician who comes on this show a lot. He's, a, he's an avid ornithologist, and most of his music is actually on bird watching and if you're ever short of guest rove we're happy to fly him over because you'd absolutely love him i know you're a fan of birds as well absolutely music and birds go together perfectly oh you have no idea always, how great this guy is there's always nice, nice thing to make uh, as i said we'll put you on your list uh, also growing up uh who was your celebrity crush who were the posters on rove mcmanus's wall uh daffy from scooby-doo oh right yes I yes had, uh, two-dimensional redhead ah so you would have loved it when the live action uh, movie came out a few years back yeah you know it was it was interesting to yeah, they're, they're cast, I don't know. There's something about seeing her in the flesh that kind of took something away from it. There was just she was always sort of back in those days. People used to just stand in the same pose in every cartoon, and it just worked perfectly. Ah, the the imagination, I suppose, got shot. Our final question for Robert Manus: When it comes to lollies, and you like to uh, eat them, do you like to suck on them for a while, save the flavour, or do you like to chew them straight away and crunch them? No, take them the whole way. I will. Uh, I have a lot of um, friends who. Like some kind of uh, confectionery drug dealer bring bags of cherry ripes here, the little, what they call fun-sized ones. Mm. Uh, and I don't even bite them in half. I just put the whole thing in there at once. Oh, you go for it. Well, look, you can steal some of those questions if you get a bomber on before us, Rove. How about that? Done. Beautiful. Well, uh, Rove, yeah, Manus. the leader of the world, are you a scruncher or a folder? Oh, look, if, great. if Julie Gillard refuses to answer it, I'm sure Barack Obama won't. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. Did she really? She really, all, both Julia and Kevin Rudd refuse, and even Tony Abbott, they all refuse to answer the question, Rove. Am I doing something wrong here? What's the big scandal to say either way? Oh, because you know what? They're worried that if they say they're a scruncher, all the folders will go, I'm not going to vote for you. Possibly, possibly. Well, there's already a lot of that going oh, on here at the moment. Don't get me started. Now, Peter. Go the Suns. Before we go. <laughs> I, well, I was going to rule oh, my before that, sorry. No, I was going to say before we do our tips, for the first ever time last weekend, you heard this song after a victory. But it's just so passionate. Yeah. I actually don't mind this song. It's it's quite good. And I love the fact 
that after the game, they had to hold up a sign because no one knew the words. Yeah, <laughs> and they made it look like they all knew it. And then... Right at the end. Right at the end, <laughs> Pete's standing there with the sign. And he's got, he's got a Facebook fan page. Everyone loves him now. Absolutely. Pete, just, just get a bit emotional. We'll turn this up a bit for you. A tear rolling down his cheek. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're, we're, you weren't watching it? You no, weren't no, aware? no. I only found out when you told me, Ben. Oh, so. and what did you do then? Oh, I cried then, Ben. You cried? I hugged, cried all night. I was just so emotional. Just hugged a meter maid, put on your Speedos, <laughs> ran down Surface Paradise Beach. You wonder, I would love to have seen them cross live to the streets of Surface Paradise, <laughs> even realise yeah. if they were playing. And then no one. Just it's business as usual. We have an AFL team. What's going on? <laughs> Isn't that the one where they play with the ball in the, the, the grass? Who's that? What? Port Adelaide? Where's that? It's just too concerned. But a 43-point turnaround. That, well, it was. The fact that I got home, I said to Dad, how's the football going? Oh, yeah, Port Adelaide about 40 points up, turned it off. Fair enough. You assume Port Adelaide were going to kick their little butts. 43-point turn. That is yeah. brilliant. I know. That is that is esque of legendary teams, Peter. I also love that Peter used the term 40-point turnaround. Oh, he, he's learning. Yeah, yeah. It was a turnaround. Oh. Oh, oh, hang on. And before we came on air, Peter referred to Gold Coast as we're doing well. Oh. We're playing Essendon this week. Exactly. I'm learning. I'm learning. He, like that it. turned me on. Oh, you're, you're doing, yeah, so we don't need anyone to text in for our state piece. No, we've just got people in the studio. We've got two cheating people in this room who want to get it on with our co-hosts. <laughs> Woo! Here we go on tour again Pack all the guitars in the van Overcoming odds that you wouldn't believe With the beats and melodies hitting up our sleeves 46 shows across 5 states 22,000 Ks without touching the brakes From Tassie up to Queensland And back again And yes, the road is long, hard and cold So thank you, Brink Radio You always support us as we go now you've made 300 shows Ben is the DJ on the dials Flicking switches, making miles Thank you, Brink Radio This is your 300th show Hobart is where it all begins It's a hometown we get treated like kings A drummer has a new girlfriend Every time we play here He really needs to learn to share Play the show with Donovan Frankenrider How does it make you feel when he's singing beside you? Pretty relaxed, let's get the van back on the boat to the mainland And yes, the road is long, hot and cold So thank you, Brink Radio You always support us as we go now you've made 300 th- shows Ben is a DJ on the dial Flicking switches, making miles Thank you, Brink Radio This is your 300th show
five questions now. Yeah. Now, uh, look, Sam and I, we um, we love putting the big questions to our guests and uh, starting off with the biggest question you'll ever answer this morning. Question number one, Tony Abbott, what is your favourite type of cheese? Uh, blue blue cheese. Blue cheese? Bit of yeah. A, it's an acquired taste blue cheese, isn't it? It is, but I, it's... Uh, it's it's beautiful once you've got the taste. Right, there we go. Sam, question number two. Tony, what is your worst habit? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'd rather not say. Oh, now, come on. I think our listeners want to hear, Tony. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, uh, I have so many. Where do I begin? Um, um... Reading the newspapers when other people want to talk to me. How's that? So you're doing it right now, are you? That's a bad habit. <laughs> Not the worst one, but it's one that I'm happy to share. The one that, the, the one that you're most likely to share on radio. Yeah. Okay, then I get that one. Uh, well, question number three. Not sure then if you want to share this one either. Tony Abbott, are you a folder or a scruncher? A folder or a scruncher of... Of toilet paper. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I better pass on that one too. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you would pass on that one. Uh, Julia Gillard and Kevin Rudd also passed. So look, it's, it's one that our federal um, politicians might not like to answer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sam, question number four. Tony, when you were growing up, who were your heroes? Who did you have on your bedroom wall on, on posters and so on? Well, look, uh, I was pretty dull. Um, I wasn't much into posters. Uh, uh, I had a lot of books, I read a lot of history, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but uh, but Winston Churchill was a great hero of mine. That's fine. That's, that's yeah. always good to have that. Did you have any um, celebrity childhood crushes as well, Tony? Uh, I think uh, I, I often wished I could sing like the Beach Boys, but uh, <laughs> I don't really think I had a bromance with them. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe. They're getting back together, though, Tony, so maybe you could um, you could rekindle that love for them. Well, look, um, <clears throat> they'd all be getting on a bit now. Ah, yes, that's and, very true. And, and look, I suspect that uh, on both sides uh, we're a bit past all that kind of thing. <laughs> you can always rekindle that deep down inside from when you were younger, Tony. No and doubt. The, the final question then this morning. Uh, also when you were growing up, Tony Abbott, what was your dream job? Well, again, this was uh, a long time ago, but I really wanted to be a long-distance truck driver when I was a little kid. Wow. There's something that I don't think we've actually had answered on that show. There's something after politics you could do. Well, funnily enough, uh, just before Christmas, I did get my heavy combination truck driver's licence. So uh, um, I I, I did a few events last year involving trucks, but I didn't have the licence to drive them. And... uh, I thought um, I should make sure that if I do any events this year involving trucks, I did have the license to drive them. And in getting that license, I fulfilled a long-cherished childhood dream. Oh, I like the sound of that. You can uh, rock up to Hobart in a big semi-trailer. How does that sound? Absolutely right. I've also been keeping up to date with the beach volleyball because you want to know why I would be keeping up to date with the beach volleyball. Why? Well, because I, it was brought to my attention during the week that um, there's a there's an athlete who plays for Germany who's uh, who's got the, the best name I think we've ever seen in any sport. His name, and we're not making this up, is Julius Brink. 
Julius Brink. Now, can we not... We have to get this guy on. So we've tracked him down. And he's actually won the gold medal this morning in the beach volleyball. Wow. He's so doing well. He, I mean, he had a partner, of course, obviously, in the beach volleyball. He couldn't do it by himself. But uh, he's actually joining us in the studio um, from Germany. I'm very p- pleased to have this man in the studio. Julius Brink, welcome to Edge Radio. Yes, hello, Ben. Hello. Yes, hello, Tali. Hello, Kim. How are you? How are you doing? Both of you, you look very, very happy and attractive to be at this time of night in the, in the Olympic studio in the media center. It's a good, good accent you got there. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> hello. Yes, you are German. No, you're Australian. You have got good accent as well. Hello, and Tali. Whereabouts in Germany are you from? I'm from the Upper Rhineland region, near the Austrian border. People say I sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't see the resemblance, to be honest. I sound like I sound like Julius Brink. Wow, and you've won gold. I won gold. You want to know why I won gold? Tell us. Because we won the match, and my inspiration, that's a very good insight into how we do it. The inspiration for me winning gold is this radio show. Oh, really? Because Did you I, listen to it? Well, I tell you a story. My name is actually Julius Schumacher, but <laughs> I listen... Sorry, I got a bit loud. I saw Usain Bolt running around with his flag. I, I, you know why I changed my name to Brink? Because I listen. I hear your coverage of Beijing Olympics. Oh. Love it. I change name and think, oh, show number one. Julius Schumacher become number one by changing name to Julius Brink. And it happened. I win gold medal. <laughs> For you, for you, for the Brink. It may be for Germany on medal tally, but if we could put Brink on medal tally, we would win gold, yeah? Yeah. 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 It's just, I've never heard an accent like that from Germany. <laughs> well, look, people say, you know, it's, uh, it's a different accent. Uh, it's got a mixture of Austria, a uh, bit of Liechtenstein. You've been to Liechtenstein before, Tally? No, I haven't. Go there in the winter. It's better than summer. Oh, okay. That's be- a good... Better tulips. Oh. <laughs> yes, they grow better in the winter. And beach volleyball play in winter in Liechtenstein better than doing anything else in winter. Oh, okay. Yes. You're quite the advocate for Liechtenstein considering you're from Germany. My father is from Liechtenstein. Oh, okay. Yes, oh. yes. He big beach volleyball. You know how I get into beach volleyball? Was it through your dad? Yes, yes. Because oh. in Liechtenstein they have no beach so they dream of being on the beach so they build beach and they play beach volleyball. That's all they do oh. all year round. Play beach volleyball. <laughs> I was about to say build beaches. Yes, no, I'm spitting everywhere in the studio, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm just excited to be on the brink. The, the namesake of me. Can oh. you speak in your actual like, English German? Like in actual. So, uh, can I speak German? Yes. I'm from Germany. What do you think? Yeah, but speak German. You want me to speak German for you? Not English. Like right now? Yes. Oh, I'm embarrassed. You put me on spot. I am on English radio right now. I need to speak in English. I can't speak in German. Guten Tag. Entschuldigung. Yes, that's good enough. <laughs> you look at me like I'm silly. Why you look at me like I'm silly? You speak German then. Go on. I don't know. Tyler, you speak German. <laughs> I would have just done the same thing. You would have? Have you met Heidi Klum before? Heidi Klum is my sister. Oh. Yes. Did you not know that? Not at all. <laughs> no. I, see, I couldn't change my name to Klum because I'm an attractive man. But, I, you know, I, I like you guys better. Yes. Yes. Oh. Did you know that Germany even good at beach volleyball? I bet you didn't. No, not at all. Well, I mean, God, we show you we are good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
And how are the other members of your team feeling? Uh, well, my other, my partner, I, I can't remember his name right now because I'm so excited to be on the brink. But no, he's, he's happy. Yes, he, he goes back to his small, modest, you know, farm in Cologne and, you know, works on the farm with Hildy and Heidi and all the other German names I can't think of right now. But he oh. does very well on with the ladies. Yeah. Yes. And how will you celebrate this gold medal? Well, I come on the brink. I talk oh. to you. I do nothing. I get gold medal and I go and do nothing Do I come on brink and talk to Tali and Kim and Ben. Ben's gone. Where'd Ben go? I have no idea. I think he just had to step out for a bit. Yes, he I don't think he likes the Germans. Excited. No, I think he's just overwhelmed that you're here. Yes, like I hear. Namesake. I know. I hear the the only uh, the only person he likes in Germany is Michael Schumacher, and uh, he won't like any other German. Oh, which is a bit disappointing because I changed my name for him. Kim, you look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why you look at me? I got gold medal. Where's your gold medal? Oh, that's a bit of back that's and forth. That's nasty. It is nasty. Oh, I joke. It's a German sense of humor. Do you get it? No. We're very good in Germany. You know, list list your five favorite German comedians. Yes. One, yeah. No. One. Uh, well, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Austrian. No. Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of good Germans are actually from Austria, but we won't get into that right now. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How Australia doing on middle tally? <laughs> How's Germany doing? We're better than you at the moment. You can't bring that on me. We won 10 gold medals. You won six. You're sounding a bit Asian there. <laughs> well, I, I, my other side of my family actually comes from Taiwan. So, oh. Yes, it goes, it goes there a bit that way, yeah? So very Eurasian. Well, I, I've got a bit of everything in me. Did you know I have a little bit of Swiss in me? Do you have the music in you? <laughs> <laughs> that's my album coming out. How do you know? Yes. No, he, she's funny, Tali. She's, that's why I changed my name to Brink. Julius Brink. You like the name Julius? Uh, lovely name. Julius. Like of Madagascar. Yes. See, that's again, I'm also part Madagascarian. You know that? She knows everything about me. She done my, She got my bio from my manager. Wikipedia. We, oh, Wikipedia. You know, I went on Wikipedia once. That's a true story. That's it. That's it. There's nothing oh. more to that. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, Ben's back in the studio right now. Ben, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Julius. <laughs> Have I missed anything? What's going on with Julius? You two are laughing. Oh, he's very entertaining. Right. Very attractive. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kim. You're very Are you married? <laughs> yes. Oh, damn it. Are you married? Oh, you were just saying Bolt before. I saw you go into his room. That was pretty good. Ben, are you married? Uh, I'll be married to you in a minute if you keep speaking to me like that. It's, I like your accent. Thank you. These ladies laughing at my accent. This is from Asia. This is from Madagascar. Next they say I'm from freaking Taiwan. I don't know. I mean, come on. Yes, all right. Uh, Julius, congratulations on your gold medal, and I'm very proud that you changed your name to the brink. Well, Ben, I did it for you. I was going to change it to Waterworth, but that's not a German name. People in Germany shoot people with the name of Waterworth. Oh, okay, then. Thank you for that. Uh, well, I think we're going to have to leave you right now because uh, we have uh, some other athletes who are coming on the show today. But, um, Julius, congratulations on your gold medal, and uh, we will watch your career uh, very well with your last name because it... Um, it is the best last day we've ever had in the show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Tali. Thank you, Kim. Say hello to people for me in Australia. Can you do that? <laughs> we can. Okay? We can indeed. And I come back one week. Uh, I come on Brink every week. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. Yeah, I like the sound of that, Julius. Thank you very much. Well, he was interesting. And he's just... Oh, I'm still here, Ben. What do you mean here? I'm in the studio. You silly buffoon. Charles, are you enjoying Hobart? Oh, enjoying Hobart? Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a blessing. It is. Thank you, Charles. Thank you.
you, do you listen to this radio station? It's radio, right here. For some reason, um, you know, he's a very busy man. He's won the Melbourne Cup. I mean, come on. Mm. For some reason, he I believe he phoned you up, Sam. And he did? Straight away, I think it was on Tuesday, and was like, Sam, hi, I'm Brett Preble, won the Melbourne Cup. How you doing? Uh, I'd love to come on the brink this morning, and you've brought him in with you. He is. He's here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving us a call, Brett, and thanks for coming in and having a word to us. Uh, yeah, g'day, fellas. Uh, how you going? Yeah, it's great, great to be here. Actually, I heard, just heard your uh, little uh, 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 beef man there before. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. He used to have a high voice, apparently. I bumped into him on the way out. Huge man. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Apparently, he he got some stuff and his voice went deeper. Yeah. Well, did you know that? Uh, well, I actually used to stand like this. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. But uh, then I uh, got myself a horse called uh, Green Moon, and uh, started taking uh, anti-growth hormones. And uh, yeah, suddenly uh, I I uh, my voice changed a little bit. Right. So you didn't start eating chicken. I was thinking maybe if, like you started eating beef. You sound like this, but if you started eating chicken, you sound like this. No tofu. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right, uh, fellas. I've been eating uh, uh, tofu and uh, um, chicken, 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 chicken wings, chicken, chicken, chicken drumsticks, uh, chicken fillets, chicken niblets. Uh, I like chicken drumsticks. Niblets, <laughs> uh, McDonald's chicken. Old McDonald's chicken works wonders. And uh, you know, chicken flavoured potato chips, chicken flavoured pumpkin. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realise it was such a thing. Chicken flavoured horse burgers. Right. So you like to eat what you ride, then? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was riding Green Moon the other day. Yeah, yeah she's a good horse. Yeah, she'll run all day, mate. Oh, actually, uh, sorry, hang on. Is Green Moon a, a a man horse or a lady horse? Um. Well, Josh, you're the horse expert on this show. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's, a it's, a, it's a horse. It's all I know. I think I think it's a. Uh, it could be. It could be a dude. We've done our research clearly on this show this yeah, morning. Yeah, it could Brett. be man horse. It could or man horse. I like I, that. I do. I do remember Damien Oliver was supposed to be the one who was riding uh, Green Moon, but he was dropped and you took up the job. What happened there? Oh yeah, Damien Oliver. Yeah, he had a bet or something. Uh, yeah, but I, I I don't believe all that stuff. I think it's wrong. I, he. I, I I just heard that he hasn't been eating enough chicken this month, and they had to chuck him off. He was he bit was, heavy. He was too big. He was right. too big. Yeah, he so, was thirty nine kilos. Oh, well, too too much. Fat, wow, fat, fat man. So so you you you're currently living in Hong Kong, like you're in, you're in Australia, yeah, obviously, just right, for, the, for Kong, the race yep. week, and you come down to Tassie. So what's it like in Hong Kong? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah, well, mate, uh, all the all the people over there, they're still a lot bigger than I am. <laughs> Was that your horse? Was, that, was Green Moon in the studio? I think that was his laugh. Oh, right. I'm sorry, Brett. Uh, you're laughing my laugh. <laughs> never. Never. Uh, one thing, actually, I, I think you kind of briefly mentioned off air was um, like a, a smokescreen kind of effect you have, a bit of a secret that you do have whilst running in races. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners about it? And did you implement it during your Melbourne Cup win? Yeah, I did, mate. Uh, no, no, no one, I don't think, think noticed during the race. But, you know, like, uh, like humans and uh, other animals, uh, horses actually uh, carry a bit of ballast around with them. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, no, I don't. Maybe you should tell me what, what you do mean. Oh, well, like, uh, well, Josh this morning went, went, went out for a few minutes to uh, <laughs> do a reverse kanga. And, uh, and well, horses have got to do that stuff too. So. <laughs> what? A reverse kanga? <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. <laughs> That's where you sit on the on the toilet backwards and uh, do the poo down the front of the toilet. <laughs> oh, Brett. Brett, 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 Brett. Is this, a, is, is this a Hong Kong thing or...? 
Oh, yeah, they love it in Hong Kong, mate. Sorry, mate, I've just had a blubber and I've just got snot running out one of my nostrils. <laughs> um, Brent, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Hang on, hang on, mate. <laughs> so I'm not cutting you off. I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, you want to you hear my whole story or not? <laughs> Please tell me. Yeah, yeah, she, was, she was carrying a, a bit too much balance around our green moon and... Uh, yeah, so halfway through the race, I felt her slowing up a bit, so I got my old stick and <laughs> stuck it straight up a bum hole, and uh, yeah, she got rid of her ballast, mate. Just just got her home, just got her over the line. Yeah, so that's why it. my horse didn't place and I didn't win anybody. Yeah. You owe me 20 bucks. Too much ballast, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the life of a Melbourne Cup winning jockey, how's your life changed, Brett? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, a lot more interviews and stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I... My next ride's not for a few days yet, so I'm just laying off the chicken for a few days. Yeah, it's great, mate. It's brilliant. It's good. Uh, people recognise you in the street, stop you. You know, girls go crazy. Uh, well, you know, mate, people tend not to notice me too much, given the money, but, yeah, knee height or whatever. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, not, not too much has changed there, mate. That's good to hear. Josh, anything else to add before Brett has to leave? Uh, only the <laughs> fact that the, the people we get into interview on this show... They're fantastic. Oh, the reverse. That's going in the Brink Dictionary. Um, a show which we have royalty on. We've talked about doing a poo backwards. Uh, only on the Brink. I think, Sam, while we're moving along here, Rumnick's having a bit of a chat. We're in the, we're in the heart of the Indian fans. I'm going to move along the line here. People are shaking their head. They don't want to be discussed. Guys, uh, anybody want to come and have a chat? Hello. How, I'm fine. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. Oh, that's very good. What's your name? Sonny. How are you finding the cricket tonight? This is amazing. Uh, excellent. It's, it's ab- good. You guys are going to win tonight, aren't you, I think? Oh, we will. In 40 Everybody confident, and I've got some young gentlemen to the left here as well. You found yourself in the middle of the Indian fans. How are you finding this atmosphere? Absolutely amazing. We love it! We love it! us at the moment and is it are you confident they can win it within 40 overs tonight as well I have to ask a question about Sachin Tendulkar were you disappointed to see him go out early yes we are we're expecting to make his turn tonight you know but unfortunately that's he, it he's going to get it soon you've got to say he will he will but he will but um, not in Australia is this the last time you think we've seen him in Australia yes pretty sure we love our Indian sure. team whatever it is yeah, we, we love, love our Indian team it. Indian team yeah, absolutely. everyone loves him everybody loves him I would I would yeah. hate to say if any Indian fan would say he doesn't like him <laughs> Sachin Tendulkar I'm going to move along the line here and come across the back anybody around here want to have a chat g'day mate Edge Radio here in Hobart how are you finding the cricket tonight yeah, it's going pretty good we'll enjoy pretty much and I think we'll hope we'll make a win and we'll win with a bonus point yeah confident confident are you from Hobart or have you travelled here to see the match tonight no no I'm from Hobart local local yeah yeah but we are enjoying the match pretty much that's the main thing and everybody here we're just over there in the stand next to a whole bunch of other Indian fans there's a small crowd but it's it's vocal it's passionate it's it's great to see this atmosphere I've got a guy here on the left he hasn't stopped clapping mate you're loving the cricket tonight aren't you we love we love because this is the first time I came in the last 30 years this is the first time watching a live cricket match in Hobart fantastic fantastic well it's good to have this here in Hobart and it's good to see a bunch of guys who are coming here tonight and enjoying it on a, on a Tuesday night so enjoy the rest of it and let's go India Very good night. Thank you. India! India! India!
Have you tried running out into the middle and having a chat with him? No, because I'm a low-income earner, and that's, <laughs> that's a big fine. Mate, mate, if you were at the rugby the other day, they couldn't stop him for quid, but here there's a bit more security, isn't there? I've got bad hamstrings. Um, <laughs> it's not easy, like, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll all chip in, I think, if we all what, chip in 50 bucks, um, get a few people around here as well, just so you can ask well, him the I'm question. Sorry. Judging by the crowd numbers, 50 bucks for everyone here won't pay my fine. Uh, no one's turned up. Typical Tasmania. It, it's a public service thing for Tasmania, though. Where is Punter? And the, the tops look fair. Is this a last-minute thing, obviously, since he's been dropped? Were you just going to come dressed like this beforehand? By last minute, yes. We, we did think of it a few days ago. Um, we're drinking fizzy waters, not not alcohol, fizzy waters. Can, can we test that for blood alcohol afterwards? Not ideal, no. no um, not ideal. Right. Not ideal. A couple of blokes have got absolutely no artistic talent whatsoever. See, I think we're doing quite well. See, uh, 14 stands for Ricky Ponning, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you see a hat? Three. Yes. Three. Xavier Doherty, X. Oh, uh, where's Hilfie's, uh, where's, uh, Hilfie's number? Hilfie's not a regular bloke in this team, so... But he's a builder, so... We'll he's a like, we're, gone, we're gone the whole ponting drop, so we get him on the back. Doherty on the hat, and Hilfie's a builder. So we look a bit like builders without tools. We're talking to everyone here, Sam. It's, it's, this is cricket. This is the atmosphere. Ben, you know what we didn't see tonight? Watermelon heads. We didn't see any watermelon heads, did we? I'm so disappointed. I've been coming to the cricket since I was very young, and every year there's watermelon heads, and there's not one watermelon head here. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it at all, but they're not here. Hang on. Hang Someone, on. a member of the crowd, has just brought to our attention that there is, in fact, a watermelon head here at the cricket wearing a flanny. Wearing a flanny. I'm scoping. I'm scoping. Where am I scoping? Am I, am I blind? Straight through there. Over I'm there. staring. I can see uh, there is a watermelon here. Now, do, do we dare venture? We dare venture. I'm just going to go thank these guys, first of all. Fellas, can I just say you guys are legends? Because we've been walking around this ground yeah, trying yeah. to find it, and you have pointed out... Give the cricket club a wrap. What, what, what cricket club have we got here? Slab Road. Slab Road. The roadies. Brilliant. All right, well, we've just given a free plug on their radio here this morning, guys. Thank you for that. And we're going to go venture over to this watermelon head and have a chat. Thank you very much. We won't block your way. We're going to step through the hill here, Sam. Sam's over this way. Do I, am I getting a bit excited here? I think you are getting a bit excited, Ben. I mean, I've seen watermelon heads in the past, but, yes, it's nice to spot one, I have to say. We've got Forrest in front of us, uh, as in Mr Century Maker today. I'm just trying to tread over the debris and everything that we're we're watching here. I'm just gonna I'm gonna kneel down here. Excuse me guys, we're with Edge Radio and we've been hunting all day to find watermelon heads and we've found one. <laughs> can we please chat to you about the watermelon? <laughs> yeah you can. Now first of all what's your name mate? Uh, James. James now I've always been intrigued with the watermelon and how you go about digging it out and getting it onto your head. Is there a process involved or is it just simple to dig it all out? It's the first time I've done it. I just cut the top off it and then dig it out with a spoon. That's all I did, mate. That's all you did? That easy? And you've got, like, the, the goggle sort of look with oh, the nose. It's like yeah. a warrior helmet. Yeah, it was sort of. A bit like Spartan helmet kind of thing, maybe. <laughs> Every year we come here and without fail, there are tons of you guys with watermelon heads. You're the only one here tonight. Oh, mate. Chris over here's got one too, but yeah, a couple of us. They're not wearing it though, I mean, come on. Put your watermelon on, Chris. That's what you've brought it here for. We've got a beach ball just going over. You probably would have lost your watermelon there, but you're looking fantastic with it. And you've got Sailor here next to you. Now, uh, Australia. 
Captain, well, that's what they used to have, the man with his undies yeah, and everything. Yeah, him, yeah. Yeah, I now, um... every other game that I've come to. Now, can I ask a question to embarrass you both here on radio? You, first of all, are you together? <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're roommates. We're roommates. What's your name, sorry? Bonnie. Bonnie. So, well, Bonnie, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm glad then the kiss cam isn't on you guys, because that would be a bit awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be very awkward, I think. So we've got Watermelon Head, Captain Australia. Next up, we've got Mr. Classic Catch Man. On these cat- Do these couches come for free? Do they give them to you yeah, at the gate? We're, yeah, we're surprised. Yeah, they're free. It's good. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, it looks like you guys are having a fun day here at the cricket. Do you think yeah, the Aussies are going to win this? Come for my wickets and that'll be good, but no, it's, it's going to be a good day. Brilliant. Well, we're glad we found you. We're excited. We've got uh, Mr. Forrest here in front of us. Give us away, Forrest! No, all right. It didn't work. He's over that now. <laughs> He's over it. All right, we're a bit too late. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night. Never thought I would say this as we're walking up on the hill that Samuel McCrossan just broke a ground cricket rule. He hit a beach ball. Sam, you're ejected. Where's Sergeant Porcupine? Man, I feel so good right now. In all my years of coming to the cricket, that's the first time I've ugh, got my hands on the beach ball. I never get it. I never get it. We got our hands on watermelon heads and a beach ball. Man, I just got my hands on the beach ball. That's what I'm proud of. Man, I'm stoked. Finally. <laughs> stoked. Stoked. Samuel Crossing is going to go home tonight. And they're going to be asked the question, what did you enjoy most about the cricket? Was it the fact that Australia came through for a brilliant victory? No. What was, what was your number one moment of tonight? No way. I got my hands on the beach ball. Seven runs off five balls. Can they do it? The wind is picking up now. You can see the shirts of Afridi there just blowing in the gust as Olar Shah faces Afridi, who advances down. It's going to go towards the gap. It's out towards extra cover, but it's fielded. They look for two, but no, they don't. They get a single beautifully fielded. And uh, again, a few more inches to the left there, a bit more power. That would have been four. Six now off four deliveries required. We saw it against the Thunder the other week, a six to win the match, but a lot more at stake here this evening. Afridi getting that pasta dish out of his hair and doing whatever he needs to do to try and secure this match for his renegades. As Phil Jakes faces, and oh, he's tried to swing, and it's a dot ball. That is a brilliant delivery by Afridi, who looks at the umpire. There's no decision there in regards to no ball or anything, so a very, very, very important dot ball by Afridi. Jakes, if he had got that, just looked like he hit his glove, hit his pad, hit everything except his bat. And six required now off three as the crowd extremely excited. Afridi to Jakes, who once again has a pad. They're going to get a quick single off there. And again, inches would have gotten a hold of that and it would have been over the rope. But five now off two. Sam, this is good bowling by Afridi. It's an absolute nail by the Ben. And yes, very good bowling by Afridi. The equation now, five runs required off two balls. And the crowd here just on the edge of their seat. I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I just, I'm overwhelmed. I, I'm, I've got to retire, I'm sorry. And also on Ed Radio as well as a freedy now to O.R. Shah. What can he do? He advances down the wicket, he can't get a hold of it. I think he's got the boundary and has! Scores a level at Bellreeve Oval! Fantastic shot by O.R. Shah! He just clipped that over between third man and deep fine leap. The crowd are absolutely exhilarated. That will secure an extra, I think they go to Super Sixes or some form of tie-breaking procedure as is. Scores are level, so a single is required. The field are coming in. Look at this. You'd think it's a Justin Bieber book signing out there in the middle. They're getting that close to the middle, and it's all up to O.R. Shah, the man from England. Everybody has come here to try and see the Hurricane secure a home final, Sam, and, uh, well, it scores a level here, but what will happen on this bowl? Yes, and just to note, Ben, the that OHR is actually on 49 or 30 deliveries, so if he can get a run here and win 
the match for the Hurricanes, he'll actually bring up his 50 also. So much at stake here as Afridi. What can he do? There's so many players around him at the moment. If uh, this was in Pakistan, I reckon he'd be nervous, but it's Hobart. And Oar Shah looks around. He looks for the gap. I think his family where he wants to hit it. The final ball of the over. And the match. He comes in. It's a wide. It is a wide. What was he thinking? That was absolutely disgusting by Afridi. We were talking before about match fixing. Samuel McCrossan. I'm not going to say anything. But a wide brings the Hurricanes to victory. The hands are shaken. Unfortunately, Oar Shah will not get his half century. But it doesn't matter. The Hobart Hurricanes have booked a home final whether or not they're first or second. What a match. What a way to end this game, Sam. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, just love away, Sharp. Brilliant. I think it would uh, be mistaken to see if Samuel McCrossing is playing for the Hobart Hurricanes at the moment. But what an incredible end to this match. That is it. Hobart Hurricanes have won by seven wickets in the end and a brilliant performance to secure it all. And the Hobart Hurricanes... Scored in the end, 3 for 174, winning it with a wide. I've, I've actually had people say, gosh, you won't believe I'm playing golf with Maxie Walker. And and then I'll go on and, and do the Max Walker, welcome back, two for two, and when all of that stuff. And then they'll say, it's the worst impersonation of, of Max Walker I've ever heard in my life. And I'm just talking to these guys, so I'm, I'm going to be interested in how you go here. Yeah, you, this is this is heavy duty DNA. Is it is it the real thing or, or not? Oh, it's funny. Well, we should bring him oh. on now. Uh, fake Max Walker, welcome to the show. Yes, uh, welcome, welcome back to the brink, everybody. Uh, Max Walker, it's uh, very nice to meet you. It is, yeah, Maxie. It's lovely to be here in your presence. <laughs> yes, and uh, you enjoying that coffee there, Max? Oh, it's um, yes. The tide's still in at this stage, so we got five eights to go. Yes, and uh, do you think that, uh, Max, that I actually uh, make a convincing impersonation of Max Walker? I think I need to hear your kidneys rattle a bit more. You're, you're nearly there. I mean, you're somewhere around about the bottom rib at the moment, but if you can get those kidneys running around, and then when you really go guttural deep, it's about ankles. <laughs> yes, a bit deeper. Yes, yes, uh, a, a bit deeper, do you think, Max? Yeah, but you've got to use some other words as well as just yes. Well... Actually, Max, my, my Max uh, doesn't say much more than yes. You see, well, yeah, amazing. You give yourself another 20 years of doing this and, and you'll be, the whole paragraphs will just tumble out. So, Max, given that you're talking about your own Max Walker impersonations, can you give us one? Um, yeah, I think there's a big crowd in today. Thank you very much, uh, Richie. We, we've got um, a little wind shift across the... Joel Garner, there he is. Huge, massive man, right arm over... Not quite left ear roll, but the bounce. Look at the bounce. Oh, he's got him. Thank you very much. <laughs> very, very good. That's better than I could ever do, Max. Uh, absolutely brilliant stuff. Can you give us a big, long yes? Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe not too much of that attention-seeking. Well, no, it's, a, it's funny. Sometimes you just have to have a good laugh about things. And I did say this morning, gee, it'd be great to have a dictatorship. <laughs> Well, I'm only joking. Oh, no, hang on a minute. I think the Mercury have got that democracy. quote straight away. Straight away. I've just looked on the Mercury website. Lara Giddings wants a democracy. Comments. Uh-oh, you've, you've, you've done something wrong. Uh, it's funny, actually, to think that if um, the Mercury are listening, hello, guys, they're great paper, um, <laughs> that they would probably 
take that comment because that's I love how they do that. It's funny. It it reminds me of um of when you see reviews for movies when they say coming out here's this great movie and they've got a quote. It will say brilliant movie. The, the review was probably written, this could have been a brilliant movie. <laughs> D- do you true. pick up a paper sometimes and go, now hang on a minute, that is not exactly what I said. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. Or sometimes I even look at the paper and think, is that what I said? Oh, Laura. <laughs> Your English was appalling. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. both ways. You've got, to, you've got to always do the replay tapes and just go back to word for word what you said. I think what, you, what all politicians should do, particularly the Premier, because you've got the power, Lara, start your own paper. Just make it called, instead of called the Mercury, call it, call it the Giddings, the Giddings Report. I do. The Giddings Gazette the goes Giddings out Gazette. into uh, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, but turn it into like a statewide paper and just, yeah. you know, buy, buy Mercury, the yeah, Giddings that's Gazette. That's part of the dictatorship. Yep, the yep. dictatorship. Yeah. I've, I've always been intrigued that one day, uh, I know the, the Republic debate and everything. I'm for a Tasmanian Republic, Lara. So, look, if we, we form a Republic, you could make it a dictatorship, and um, yeah. but a good one. Yes, 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 of course. They always start out good, Ben, always. <laughs> 30 years' time, the oppressed people of Tasmania. Please, may have some more. Uh, but, but get in early then before um, somebody else. I'm not going to say any – I'm not going to start bagging out your rivals today, Lara. We're here to talk non-politics, of course, but uh, get in before somebody else does. With a newspaper. Mm. Oh, and, and the dictatorship. And the dictatorship, yes. Mm. Problem is I'd have to start having children now. <laughs> <laughs> Hand the dynasty on. <laughs> we had uh, Mark Shelton on last week, and I'm just a bit yeah. worried. He looked a bit sketchy that he wants to get this dictatorship up and running. So, oh, yeah, well, yeah. there's a bit of competition coming from a left or from a right. Shelton Land. Really. Shelton, Shelton, Shelton Land. That sounds not so bad. <laughs> what, do, what does Doug have to say about uh, some of these videos and everything else relating to the rug? Does anything? other topics come up besides the damn rug on his head? Uh, look, I think Doug's uh, a classic case of the best form of defence is attack. So uh, you bring something up and Doug's all over it already. So it kind of dampens your um, your strategies at times, but there's nothing to do with Doug. And, um, and the rug, obviously... He was, uh, I think, famously had a, a, a champagne bottle of Bollinger um, when he first got it. I think he just got engaged as well or, or might have even been married. But, um, yeah, look, KFC hotspot. There's a couple of uh, videos there from the Chennai guys when he's over in the IPL trying to pull his, pull his rug off. So, um, look, I think there's a few people in world cricket that have actually had some, some rug action. But um, maybe we need to just get hotspot out and just scan around the field on a hot day and and see who's actually had some work done and who hasn't. There's, um, I'm one of the players. My tr- troops are starting in March. I've got some, some Ford pockets in the front of the hair there. But, um, look, I haven't, I haven't been around to that yet. But um, Dougie's definitely uh, a great character for us. And, um, look, he's going to embrace Doug the Rug. I think that you could really dig up some dirt and um, he'll to. fully embrace it. We have to. We're going to start something with the people's rug perhaps tomorrow night. We'll get people to bring some signs along to the uh, to Blunston Arena. Perhaps maybe if he gets a couple of wickets tomorrow night, you can try what the Chennai, Chennai boys did and try and pull it off. How does that sound? Really go for the real rip oh, of it that's off. Your, that's your task. That's your task tomorrow, Evan. Done. Done. We're going to watch out for it. We really will because we we we've really we t- we tend to notice the bum gropes because I think that really kind of spurs the boys on a little bit. But with Doug, really, it would be the hair grope, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would. I think uh, the bum tap is just a standard blokey thing to do. <laughs> um, but the the rug, I haven't I haven't really thought about the rug too much. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we could give Gobbler a task between such and such over just to um, to pull his hair, so everyone's aware that. Just he's even if he doesn't do get it. a wicket, maybe that's kind of that really pumps up Dougie. 
Just go up to him well, at some point. Just go, come on, date. Go for it. it. It could work. I think I think we go for the bum, t- uh, bum tap a little bit more with guys like Painey in the team. They don't like their hair touched no, too much. No, so no. I think um, definitely with Doug, we can get around He does a lot of sports it. as well. He's yeah. a little self-indulged well, when it comes to his body. <laughs> well, we're going to be we're going to be looking out for it tomorrow night. Given that we can't really do the commentary, Sam and I are going to be sitting there with the, with the tally board and we're going to go, okay, that was at least three, touch, three bum gropes but five rug gropes. Rug group. Does that does that sound appropriate? Really? Yeah, it's appropriate. I'd like to um, I'd like to know the stats on uh, on how many bum touches a lot of the boys do. Okay. Um, if you, you come up with some sort of hardball gets um, running around the outside, if we put it into football terminology, I think um, I'd be quite surprised to, to see the numbers and we the could stats. do the analysis of that. We could Sam, even we've got get a heat map of where where the bum taps are happening. Yeah, yeah. the hot spot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can probably get Lucy down there to help you out as well. Yeah, she'd be help quite you good. You, well, you can go train with Ricky today, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, we work for the AB. Yes, I'm sure we can. Yep. Yeah, you can get the statistics up. That'd be great. Yep. No, we'll we'll, look we'll at make this. sure that Ricky's involved as well, so that there's some sort of um, <laughs> yeah. stimulation does, there. Oh, <laughs> does, does, uh, does, does having uh, former Australian Test captains help with uh, inspirational bum gropes? I'm sure he's been around the world and provided some great bum gropes over his Test career. I oh, surely see. He would have seen the best and the worst of them, so it's always going to be handy. <laughs> he's, a, he's always good at critiquing people's techniques, so maybe we could um, bring that up with him today. And um, he said he wants to be a coach, so. Well, he could probably <laughs> bum grope coach. coach the bum tap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, maybe tomorrow night post-match that uh, when we're in the field, whoever we're chatting to, I'm sure one of you guys is going to be mad of the match tomorrow, so we'll be uh, chatting to you, no doubt, after the game. That will be the first question we ask. Uh, how did the bum grope and the rug gropes go? Yep. Be prepared for, the, good. for the, the strong question. <laughs> Have you ever actually gone onto a bus and sung Backseat Bogan? No, but that sounds pretty good. Do it. That'd be a good film clip. Hey, how you could like, like all be on a bus. style. Like on Backseat, <laughs> yeah. Backseat, back, and then you could, you know... We'd have to kind of film it gorilla style on the metro bus. <laughs> no, actually, it's really funny. It comes up on my iTunes every now and then. So I've just got my shuffle going on, you know. Uh, every day I'm shuffling on iTunes. Thank you. <laughs> songs and, from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got all the songs, thank you. And, uh, you know, it will come up with Don't Stop Believing by Glee. And then all of a sudden, Fatty Esther and Backseat Boat. It, it's a brilliant mix. Eclectic. We've actually re-recorded a lot of our songs, which we hope to get out soon. So well, you, you should can, delete that. Well, <laughs> you can bring them in and we will play them of course on edge any other songs in um besides but like what are some of the other titles and have you been working on some new songs since you were last on yeah we've actually got a song about our hometown snug <gasps> really oh. is it called snug as a bug in a rug no it's not really Damn a happy it. song it's snug about- life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's called blazes of fire and it's about the 67 bushfire oh that's oh. sweet yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like an emotional tribute song mm. yeah it's got actually got a bit of rapping in it really a bit of rap who raps <laughs> Zach. Oh, why, why can't you rap? You said that so aggressive. Who raps? Who's my competition? Zach. What? What's going on? Zach. How many chains does he wear? What? <laughs> Is he better than better years for Ben? <laughs> um, well, I, I want to hear it. You know, we haven't recorded that one, but I think there might be a live version out there somewhere. Oh, oh. look at this, Tali. You live know. version. I, actually, I really like if you back up to what Tali said. Snug life. Mm. Yeah, that's I like, like that. you know. Yeah. I'm gonna pop some snugs and. <laughs> What is popping snug? <gasps> you could be like, oh my goodness, I've seen the vision. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are in snug in your snug life, wearing yep. snuggies. Oh. Like, oh. There we go. That's, Genius. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move to snug. Do it. And I'm gonna with both residents, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna wear snuggies, and I'm gonna call a band the Snuggies. No, right. the Snug Life. But but like. Why is there a band from Snug called the Snuggies? You wouldn't survive five minutes in the snug. <laughs> That's why the snug life is, it's more like, it's obviously a classier. And then you just feature Snuggies. 
lower snug life. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's the posh side of things. <laughs> that's like you know the the rich side of town. Yeah. You know, seriously, I, I'm always intrigued about snug because this is something that comes up a lot in Survivor Oz. We we love talking about snug. Yeah. Um, Sounds cozy, doesn't well, it? Well, is there actually a history like where the name come from? Like some explorer literally go a bit south and go. Quite snug here. Hey, snug. I'm sure there's some sort of story. About it. <laughs> where is it? Maybe that's where. <laughs> where <is laughs> maybe that's where Snuggies originated. It's um, oh. you know where Kingston is, yeah. and you know where Hewenville is. It's yep. like on the way near Margate, isn't it? Do you know where Bruny Island is? Yes. It's a Passover town to Bruny Island. <laughs> <laughs> Poor snug. Oh. Maybe that's why it's called snug because it's nestled in. Between the other places that I know of. It's just, I think, <laughs> one of the best names for a town and up there with Eggs and Bacon Bay. Like, oh. is that not the... Have you been to Eggs and Bacon Bay? I haven't, but I don't want to go there because then I just want Eggs and Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like if you're wearing a Snuggie in Snug and having yep. Eggs and Bacon in Eggs and Bacon Bay. What are you going to do in Blackman's Bay? <laughs> Your logic, you don't think things through. <laughs> I so want to say something right now, but I would get this show cancelled in five seconds. The final one I'll ask before I quickly wrap it up with our five questions. Rita Armston asks, what was it like to play a Terminator uh, on Sarah Connor Chronicles and any chance we can see you in a Terminator reboot alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> You know, it was absolutely amazing to do that show and I had the time of my life and I was really gutted when they cancelled it in the end and, and um, we didn't get into a third series, but um, I would love to do more sci-fi. I mean, I've gotten really bitten by that bug and um, I have been asked to audition for other projects, and um, but none that have come along that have really excited me as yet, but um, if something came along that really captured my imagination like the Sarah Connor Chronicles did I would definitely do it again. We'll do something sci-fi in Australia Shirley and get you out here just for that. I I would love that (laughs) (laughs) find me a job. Yes exactly now five questions we ask every question really quickly to wrap it up I'll have to explain one of these because it was based on an Australian uh, Australian advertising campaign. Question number one Shirley Manson what is your favourite type of cheese? Mm, God my favourite kind of cheese Mm. um Jarlsberg. Jarlsberg, yes. It's a classic, and a lot of people have been asked. We're a cheesy show, Julie. We like to ask that question. Uh, question number two. Now, we had an advertising campaign in this country a few years back where basically a toilet paper company asked whether you folded or scrunched when you went to the bathroom. So, Shirley Manson, do you fold or do you scrunch? Mm, I think I fold. Fold. Ish. Fold-ish. Kind of a mix. It's scrolling. Mix, mixed bag. We've we worked out this There's scrolling. folding and scrunching. Yeah. It's like a mix in the middle. So, yeah, that works. Yeah. It's like the third option. Folding we... and scrunching. Yep, it works. Uh, question number three. Growing up, what was your dream job? Uh, well, it was a couple of things I wanted to be. I wanted to be a journalist mm-hmm. and I wanted to be an astronaut. Wow. And a ballerina. Ah, Actually, I wanted to be a ballerina. That was probably my dream job, actually. So there's a, there's so a sci-fi, ballerina. sci-fi movie in there, an astronaut, journalist, ballerina. There you go. Saves the world. <laughs> Question number four. Also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? John McEnroe. Ah, right. Okay, then. That, you didn't even think about that one. You said that straight away. I didn't need to. <laughs> I, was, I had scrapbooks um, filled with John McEnroe's you know, whole life and history. It was, it was really sick oh. and quite w- w- super weird. I love it when people don't hesitate and they just bang straight into the answer. <laughs> Final question today, Shirley Manson, what is your worst habit? My worst habit? Mm, worrying. Worrying, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Worry. Yeah, that would be probably my worst habit. Mm. It's 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 a, it's an interesting one to have, and uh, I'm I'm sure you right now that I've got no more questions to make you worry about, Shirley. <laughs> Guys, as I said, we wrap up with a set of five questions. Now, these are just a bit of fun for a very funny interview, and I'm very much looking forward to your answers for these ones. I'm going to I'll alternate between you. I'll start with Chris. You can answer the first question first. What is your favourite type of cheese? Uh, oh, cheese stick. Cheese the, stick. The cheese stick in, 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 in Dolce Gorgonzola for oh, that shitty craft stuff. Right. That's fancy cheese stick. It's fancy cheese stick. You can't, you can't buy them. No. I just have to make them myself. No, I've written to Kraft and asked, where's the Gorgonzola Dodge Chase? They won't do it, but uh, so I've had to make them myself. Oh, well, there you go. Andrew, what about you? What's your favourite type of cheese? Andre Rieu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very underrated cheese, I feel. Mm. Um. <laughs> you know, very popular. aged. A popular one. Yeah, very popular. Uh, he'll play you all day. Uh, question... Aged and, and mild. Yes. Uh, question number two, guys. Uh, when it comes to toilet paper, are you folders or scrunches? Well, that assumes we use toilet paper at all. Well, that's very true. We've already talked about poo and, you know, I mean, we're just assuming. <laughs> I, I, I like to fold. Um, just while I'm on the toilet, like I, I don't use it, but I just as a habit, a sort of nervous habit, while I'm on the on the throne doing my business, I just fold the entire roll and then set it aside. Right. But yeah, I don't actually use paper for actual wiping or anything like that. Okay, there you go. Uh, there's a there's a secret that a lot of us have uh, have learnt today. Andrew, what about you? Oh, look, I'm very cautious when it comes to that. I, I use the one entire roll per wipe. I, I don't even unravel it. You know, I just. <laughs> You just want to make sure that, you know, I've got enough enough there. Right. Okay, then. You you buy a nine-pack every week, then. Yeah, that's like right. That. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, question number three, guys. Growing up, we'll start with Andrew this time. Uh, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, Rolf Harris. Ooh, that really backfired on me. Yeah, well, I was about yeah. to say. That's a bit awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You only make that mistake once. Yes, yes, as a lot of other people did. Uh, Chris, um, your childhood celebrity crush? No, that, that wasn't Chris. He jumped, he jumped the gun. because. Oh, you so both? Oh, right, okay, the, right. Role. There you go. Sorry, Andrew, yeah. they're yours. Now that he's done that, I, I, mine, mine is the same. I, mean, I can't beat that answer. So right. We'll, we'll have to move to the next question. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm not going to exceed that. Not touching that one. Uh, question number four, uh, also growing up, what was your dream job? Mine was to, to have a job as a, as a billionaire. A billionaire. I just wanted to be, you know, a, a total billionaire who just didn't have to do anything okay. ever. Yep. That's, that's my dream job. Yes, yes. <laughs> is, that a job, I, is that a job you can apply for? Well, ask Bill Gates. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that was like Clive Palmer's dream as a kid. He was like in the sand pit at school, like when he was building like models of the Titanic in the sand pit. He goes, one day I'm going to be a billionaire. Um, I, I, I got to do the job uh, that I wanted to do, which was... Um, serve at Baker's Delight. Because ah. um, I always just thought if you had that sort of access to amazing, delicious treats all day, that would be a dream job. And I finally, like when I was at uni, I finally got to apply. And and I got a job at Baker's Delight, and I lasted one day <laughs> um, because I'd eaten so many of the free samples that they leave out on top that they said, sir, I don't think this is working out. Can you please leave? Oh, wow. So I got to do it. But I got to do well, it. That's so good. I was happy. My ambition had been met. That's um, yeah. that's good for the kids listening. Did you get? Did you get promote? Did you at least get to draw writing in the the flower and make those ads that you guys did on the show for a while? Or? I was there. I was there for like 
eight hours. No, <laughs> I just ate for the whole time. Okay, that, that's like day two. They teach you on that, perhaps. Yeah, uh, the yeah, final yeah. question for you today, guys. What is your worst habit? And either of you can jump in with that answer. Yeah, murder. Murder. It's a terrible, terrible habit of just murdering people. It's uh, a really bad habit. I can't get out of it, you know, but it's just, <laughs> it's just sort of addictive and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm finding it hard to say. Yes, to be yes. That's nothing. That's that's nothing. I've got this shocking genocide habit, but, but it's just it's, it's a nervous oh. habit. It's only when I only when I drink. Like it's it's a record social. I'm a social genocide person. Like I don't do it all the day, but yeah, it's very. I know mean, I should quit and give up. Mean. I'm trying to quit, and I wear these patches. There's these anti-genocide patches you can get, but uh, they're not doing the trick. It's really hard to, to fight this one, but yeah, I guess that would be the, the most annoying one I have. Gen- genocide Anonymous oh, no, God, or something the, like the, that. The number of races he's gone through, it's just you know, it's, it's a real nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's another topic for another, another show. Although, although I, do, I, I, do get, I do get fan mail from Andrew Bolt who's grateful <laughs> that I've removed some of them. So, you know, it swings and roundabout. It's, it's, it's working slightly. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah right. uh, sorry, what's your name again? Uh, my name is Alfred Bieterheisen. Oh, sorry, Alfred. I think I've come into the wrong room. I'll, I'll see up. No, I think you, you, you're fine, Sarge. My name is Ben. You do know that. But, do I? Uh, yes, you do. I've met you before, have oh, I? Pl- plenty of times. I've, I have been in your dungeon. Uh, oh, right, okay. Yes, it's a nice dungeon, by the way. You've, um, you've definitely... Up the um, the upholstery of it, you've uh, made sure that you have uh, that you have kept it up to date and fashionable um, to be up with the kiddies these days. So good on you. Oh well, good morning. Yes, good it is morning. a good morning. How how has the week been, Sarge? What what have you been up to? You've been kept busy this week. Oh well, yes, quite busy actually. Yes, yes, but um, yeah, just chipping away. You know how it is. Yeah, just uh, you know chipping away. Is that is that your code for arresting people? Is it or I have I have done a few arrests this week. Uh, ben, such as who? Who's who has been arrested by the Sarge? Ah, uh, yes. Well, a few people actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's, well, there's just some people <laughs> that really annoy me, Ben. Mm-hmm. Who who annoys you, Sarge? Oh, like Bono. Bono. Have you heard of him? Uh, I believe he's a singer of a little band called U2. Yeah. Yeah. What what's wrong with Bono? What has Bono done? Oh, I don't know. He's just a bit. Pussy. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. You know, he'd be preachy. A bit like, you know, if he was a, a thing, it'd be like plasticine, you know? <laughs> Why? Because he's easily shaped and moulded and little children like to eat him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've arrested him under the um, Get a Backbone Act. Of, get a Backbone. Uh, oh, actually, he's not that bad, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. He stands up for a lot, old Bono. Maybe he needs to change his sunglasses. Yeah, it might be the sunglasses, actually. Yeah. Well, are they even sunglasses, Ben? Uh, I think they're just called Bono glasses. They're like purple things, aren't they? Possibly. He's had a bike crash, though, so he's injured at the moment. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor oh. Bono. Poor oh. Bono. What am I here for? What do you, you want to ask me some questions or something, do you? You don't sound very happy, Sarge. Are you not happy with me or something? No, I'm always in a mood like that. Like this. I'm actually feeling pretty positive today, actually. Why? What are you trying to start something, pal? Huh? Never, never. Um, I have to ask you, uh, since we haven't had you on in a couple of weeks, the um, the election. Now, uh, look, it's happening. It's happening tomorrow. We've had candidates guests here on the show. Not really meant to talk about it too much on the show today because of the blackout. But look, you know, just just your thoughts on uh, how it's going to go and your thoughts on the campaign. Are you sick of politics? I mean, what's what's going on, Sarge? 
Now, of course, I'm not sick of it, Ben. I'm a politician myself. Don't you remember my political party? I do. Yeah, well, well, actually, just it's just like like having a sabbatical at the moment, you know? But no, of course not. I don't know who's going to win the election, Ben, but I think it will be the Liberals. Why? Is that a problem? I, no problem at all. I'm just I'm just getting your thoughts. Uh, you were quite quite interesting the other week when we had you on, and you were in the studio with a Greens member of, or candidate, of course. Uh, you seemed to quiet up a little bit there, Sarge. You didn't want to toe-to-toe with her. I know you don't like the Greens. What happened there? No, well, I was just being polite, Ben. You're not polite. I'm, I'm always polite, thank you. Yeah, look, I yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't really care at the moment because you're not in it. No, no, that's right. Who's the bloke that's going in it? You know, the bloke. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, like he's big guy. Um, he's he's yellow, and he's got he's making a boat. That would be Clive Palmer. Ah, oh, yeah, that's him, Clive. Clive, what, what's his policies, Ben? What what does he do? Uh, free Titanics for everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Freebies, eh? Yeah, well, well, he actually likes to send out DVDs to the voters. I don't know if you got a DVD in the mail. So, um, look, that all the policies are on that, apparently. Oh, really? Yes, actually, I think I got one of those. I skipped through most of it. It was a bit boring. I just watched the Titanic 2 bit at the end. Did you tickle your fancy, make you want to vote and get a Titanic down here in Tassie? Well, I wouldn't mind going on a boat like that, Ben. What do you reckon? Uh, well, as long as it sees clears of icebergs, Sarge, I'd be happy. Well, yes. Well, yeah, so I pooped my pants yesterday. <laughs> That's um, great to know, Sarge. Why did you not go to the bathroom? Oh, look, accidents happen, Ben. Well, uh, you could say that with the stuff that comes out of your bottom. And you felt the need to come here and share that with us this morning on the show, did you? Yeah, it's a good word, that share. Yeah, I'd like to share that with you for sure. Very, I'm very upset this week. Why, Sarge? What's been upsetting you? Oh, there's too many, too many idiots, you know, uh, idiots. Idiots? Yeah. Well, who's, who's a particular idiot this week? Well, no one in particular, just, just people in general. People in general. People in general. You just want to arrest people this week. Yes. 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 Yes, I do. Can I? Can I make some suggestions? Yes. Have, well, yes. Um, By all means, please go ahead. Have you had any complaints about James Hurd? Um, perhaps to arrest him. James Hurd. Yes. I haven't heard of him. Well, uh, who's he, he? He likes to talk about himself a lot and think about himself a lot. So uh, clearly, it's all about him. It's not about anybody else. It's about him. So I believe there's an act of I'm a Selfish Idiot Act of 1963 that you could possibly arrest him under. Heard. All right. How do I spell that? H-I-R-D. H-E-A-R-D. No, you haven't heard that correctly, Sarge. It's oh. H-I-R-D. All right, okay. Yes. Yes, well, yes, all right. Let's arrest him then. Okay. And yeah, what it's good. What about Josh Thomas? Oh, yes, okay, now you're getting me fired up, Ben. You mean yes? Yes. <laughs> well, what would you like to do about Josh Thomas? You actually really sound like him, that's scary. <laughs> yes. Arrest him for yeah. the indecipherable accent act of 1973. And this, oh, like swimming in a shark tank. Like, what the hell is with that ad? That is the stupidest ad ever. Oh, uh, yes, exactly, Ben. Yes, he's, he's offensive. Yes, and him being on Q&A, offensive. Q&A, all right, what's that? It's a show where you ask questions and they're answered. 
Oh, right, okay. Well, wasn't that <laughs> what we're doing appearance, now? I think his appearance on Q&A might be the only genuinely cool thing he's ever done where he called <laughs> out that... Bob Catter. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I have Bob Catter. I have a thing about um getting somebody on a show like Q&A and you get a quote comedian on there just because they've had experiences in that. I reckon there was a whole wide net you could have cast further to get someone out there. Who just also happens to have a show on the ABC as well, like ABC2. Coincidence. Returning this year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mr. So Sarge, yes, please arrest him. Yes, well, all right, I'll arrest him. Uh, we talked about uh, gender stereotypes, and uh, off here we were talking a little bit about Gone Girl. There's a, I a point you want to make. I don't think I'm like Gone. Uh, there's a point you want to make. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's uh, one of the all-time uh, mistakes. So it looks like you're, you're through typing now. I am. I've, I've, th- I've written something there, and um, I look, feel free to... Uh, oh, I just now noticed that you left the F out of the FM. I in the did. First. I did. So look, 99.3 M. I thought that was just an Australian thing. Yeah, we, we, we're different here. We don't care about the F in Australia. Leave the Fs out of there. We don't care. We only have FM. We just have M. Because ever since the Wiggles came out... <laughs> we, wow. just destroyed it to, we just decided to drop the M altogether You haven't even added a crikey in there, I'm proud <laughs> That's because that's not the way you talk down there I've got friends in Australia I've never ever heard an Australian that isn't Steve Irwin utter the word crikey So, And I've never heard anybody down there say anything about shrimps and barbies Yes, we don't even call it's them other shrimps than the, uh, Other than the barbie dolls that, it, that you can buy <laughs> We don't even call them shrimps. We call them prawns down here. <laughs> it's throwing a dead prawn in the barbie. Yes. <laughs> of course you call them prawns. Doesn't anybody watch District 9? Of course yes. they're prawns. Exactly. Come All right. on. Let me read this thing for you. Tune in to the Brink on the Edge. Uh, tune in to... Make sure I read this right. Tune in to the Brink on the Edge studio- Edge Radio. Well, your script is very terribly written. It is. Tune in to the Brink on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. It's the most epic breakfast radio show in all of Hobart. John Paley approves this message. Beams. <laughs> that will require some editing on your part, but at least you yeah. Oh, look, you mentioned before you were editing. That's um, pretty much the story of my life as well. So, Continuing on here at Sexpo, and I have found the two stars of Sexpo. The beautiful ladies of none other than Angela White and Scarlett Morgan. Ladies, thank you very much for your time. How are you enjoying Hobart? I'm loving it so far. It's actually really, really pretty. Is it both? Is your your first time to Hobart uh, for both of you? It's my first time as well. Yeah, it's amazing. First time, Angela, as well? Absolutely. First time ever. Now, uh, Sexpo, obviously, is fantastic. I've been here for about two hours, and I will say this is the favourite place I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> we don't want to leave. We're going to stay here. Do you find that a lot of people who come here for the first time uh, have the similar feelings and uh, sort of that they're really opening their eyes to a wide variety of acts and entertainment here? Yeah, I mean, Sexpo really is an eye-opener for a lot of people. There are some... I mean, Sexpo is a very welcoming environment, uh, both 
both for uh, couples and for women, and obviously uh, men have felt comfortable with adult entertainment for quite some time, but a lot of people are coming in here and seeing sex toys for the first time, and it's in an environment where there are educated people here to explain to them how to use the toys, uh, how to get the best out of them. Obviously there's stage shows that are very titillating. Um, I'm not sure if, I, I heard there's a strip club in Hobart, is that true? There is, we have the men's gallery, which is, uh, it's, I mean, it's as close as what adult entertainment we have in this city really, but... Probably not up to your standards. <laughs> I, I, I think if you went in there you'd wow them all. Yes, yes, you'd look and go, what the hell is this? But we'll go with it. I mean, I've been trips, I've never seen half the stuff and it's probably just not as amazing as what we're really, I'm really before. hoping that Sexpo sort of will mark a point in Hobart where we'll start going up in adult entertainment. I noticed actually, Andrew, on your Twitter you were looking at potentially going to Mona. Have you had a chance to go out there at all? Scarlett, have you gotten out there? I went out to Mona yesterday and can I just say that place is breathtaking. I just, I had the best time. I want to go back before I leave and spend another few hours looking around. Are you going to head out there at all, Angela? Or? I'm not sure if I'm going to get a chance. I would really like to take the time, but I'm only here till Sunday night, so... I'm going to do my best, but the, my first priority is just meeting the people of Hobart here, taking some photos with them, uh, showing them what Sexpo is all about, which is it's all about fun, health, sexuality. Um, and if I get a chance to go to Mona, that would be awesome as well. <laughs> always going to be here, so if you don't get a chance this time, I'll definitely come back. Then. I'll definitely come back. Now, we're going to uh, let you get back to some photos in a second because we've got some people getting ready here. But uh, just quickly, Scarlett, obviously, yourself, Penthouse Pet, uh, all going very well for you at the moment. You've got a very loyal Twitter following, I've noticed, and Facebook as well. Are you hoping to meet some of them here across the weekend? Oh, I'm really excited. I've already met Morgan here, who's just wonderful. We chat all the time on Twitter, but there's so many people that are just coming in, and I just love them all. I love them. And Angela, for you as well, obviously the career is really blossoming at the moment. You've got your own website, which is fantastic and uh, really hoping to meet some of the fans here as well. Absolutely. I love meeting my fans and hearing what they have to say about, about the site, about my recent scene. So it's been amazing so far and I'm looking forward to the rest of the next couple of days. I admitted on air this morning, and I think I was admitting it to both Morgan and Juliet yesterday, that I followed your career back in the Girls Out West Abbey Winters days. And uh, so I've been watching you for a long time and I have to say... I have to tell you that. I'm, I'm I'm happy to admit it. I'm not ashamed. Why not? Why should you be ashamed about yeah. watching my boobies for all this time? Exactly. Yes, I've never been able to say that to a guest before. <laughs> I've never been able to say that to a guest until today. So. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And That's you've surrounded yourself with big breasted women, beautiful big breasted women. I see what you did there. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, what can I say? I've got the best job in the world. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, no. Second best. I, I have the best job yeah. in the world. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, get, you get to touch and feel and lick. I just get to look. So, uh, well, Angela and Scarlett, thank you very much. I hope you really enjoy your time here in Hobart and appreciate your time on Edge Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you. Morning, Tony. How are you finding uh, the Australian Grand Prix? Your first ever Formula One race? Um, no, actually, I've done exhibitions at uh, another one in Abu Dhabi as well. And uh, it's a great crowd. It's a great crossover crowd for us. You know, they, they like the adrenaline rush and they like the excitement and um, they like to look over from the track to over to the ramp and we have a blast. A lot of fans go out there to see you were there yesterday. It's absolutely packed. I mean, you know, is this coming to Australia and performing these massive crowds? It must still be a buzz sort of, uh, you know, bring the skateboarding back down here. I love it. Um, I mean, the fact, well, just the fact that I still get to do it for a living is incredible to me, but um, Oz crowd is always one of the best. They're, you know, they have embraced skating since day one. It's very much a surf and skate culture like that, so um, anytime I get to come back, I love it. Do you get a chance to go and mingle with some of the drivers, meet some of the uh, F1 drivers at all? 
Um, I haven't yet. I'm going to go check out a paddock tour today, and um, I did one hot lap in a V8, but uh, I haven't really been, I've been so busy at the ramp, I haven't been able to check out the race too much. Do you uh, have any drivers you really want to meet and uh, sort of uh, have a bit of a chat with at all when you're down in the pits? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whoever's available. Go for Daniel Ricciardo. There's an easy tip for you. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Cheers, Daddy. Thank All you right, very thanks. much. So basically, imagine you're flying to Melbourne. Your, yep. your, your plane has to pull over in Devonport. <laughs> and um, it, you know, it has the trouble with pilots thinking, ah, damn it, just pull the choke a little bit. Ah, oh, flat of the engine. All right, everybody out and push. Come on, give us a shove. All right, guys, we've got it going. Everybody in. Like, you know. That's how they do it in Russia, Stewie. <laughs> Here in Soviet Russia, you do not push plane. Plane push you. Everybody out and push. We cannot go drink vodka. Honestly, on that one, I'm going to go no fail. I think that's awesome. They're I, a happy bunch in Russia. Like, Look, they're not afraid to get out and push a plane when they need to. You bet, I mean, seriously, like, if this was Australia, like, that wouldn't happen in Devonport. You get out the plane and go, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get out and push. Dad! That would be me. In Russia, we get out plane. We push. We push plane now. I've got an interesting, I just had an interesting thought and an interesting idea to stop people from offending criminally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make them go push planes in Russia. <laughs> in Siberia, where it's deathly cold. <laughs> and then... You have been sentenced to crime of pushing plane in Siberia. May God have mercy on your soul. No, no, that's their punishment. Go over there and make them push the plane, and they won't want to offend anymore. Well, look, you know, we're offensive on this show, but did... <laughs> do we... <laughs> <laughs> We're not criminals. How does a pilot, how does that, seriously, how does a pilot do like, yes, attention passengers, we have landed. Slight miscalculation of issue here. We're going to need uh, you all to get out and push. Thank you. Uh, as a compliment to your service today, please enjoy hot beverage. <laughs> I, I would have loved to have heard that announcement from the cockpit. <laughs> And like, I love that there's a video of these like cheery people, you know, like again, like say what you will about Russia, clearly they're all just like, yes, you got nothing better to do, I'm just going to read Moscow Times for the fifth time, I don't even have in-flight entertainment, I can't even watch Desperate Housewives, get out and push plane, sounds like fun time to me, <laughs> so off they get, and what happens when they push it halfway out the runway and it's about to take out, run Boris! Run for your life! Get on the plane! You can do it! If you get on plane, you make team for 2016 Olympics! <laughs> what happens if their, their space programs, you know, similar <laughs> situation? The rocket. 10, 9, 8, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, we got problem. Okay, everybody out and push. <laughs> I could just uh, just see um, three astronauts getting out and pushing the Soyuz rocket. <laughs> what happens if this is like the Pooh's plane? <laughs> uh, Mr. President, we have an issue. Uh, we cannot go to G20. Plane breakdown. <laughs> you must get out and push. Oh. We, we'll get we will get dissidents to push them. It can be their punishment. Get your crane to push it. Up. Get your crane. <laughs> That's why we invade them. Push our plane. <laughs> Get out! Push! Taylor Hanson, what is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, gosh, I have to go with um, 
with burrata, oh. mozzarella burrata. Okay, yes, I, I like the mozzarella. I haven't heard of uh, that one. But is it sort of a is it a bitey cheese? I mean, is it sort of a specific oh, type of mozzarella? Yeah, mozzarella. It's a it's a it's a creamy mozzarella. So it's oh. mozzarella that's cured, and that extra cream is put in the middle, and it's tied, and it, it's cured again. So it's just absolutely melts in your mouth. Incredible. Sounds like it. I'm going to get some after this interview. Uh, question number two: When it comes to toilet paper, are you a folder or a scruncher? I would definitely fold. That's an important important, important thing. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Have you been asked that question many times before in your life at all, Taylor? Or uh, There's very few questions I can say that's the first, but I think it is. <laughs> wow, there you go. Exclusive here on The Brink this morning. Uh, growing up, what was your dream job? I'm living my dream job, you know, and that is another thing I can always have been able to say. Mm, I love speaking to people when they can say that. Uh, also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, my gosh. Who was my childhood celebrity crush? Um, gosh, either... Probably Catherine Zeta-Jones. Ah. I don't know. Um, beautiful. Uh, who else? Cindy Crawford, probably. Yes, yes, yes. I can see both. Obviously, we've had you guys answered several times on this show as uh, childhood celebrity crushes. So, uh, special shout out to everybody on the brink who's answered Hanson in the past. <laughs> uh, and final question for you today, Taylor Hanson. What is your worst habit? My worst habit. Um, what's my worst habit? It's probably biting my nails. I, I'm not. It's not absolutely. Uh, I don't have the, you know, some people you look at their fingers and they're just like ravaged. So my, mine are slightly more manageable, but that's one thing I wish I could kick. Tend to still one day. chew on the old nail. One day. I'm sure you will. One day. We'll, we'll hold out hope for you. Because yeah, people know, can see. <laughs> what did you think of the Bob the Builder version of Mumbo Number no. 5 released a couple of years after your version? Oh, yes. Actually, I like it very much, but these guys never ever, you know, I mean, Bob the Builder kind of stole that song and never even, you know, paid anything to our collection right. of people. So I can't give him too much love. No. Even though he's a cute little fella, he, he's been involved in some thievery, so, you know. <laughs> him alongside Aria owe you some money. <laughs> exactly, man. I'm calling you up, Bob. I'm getting you wherever you go. You're hiding. I'm coming at you. Even if you're somewhere in the hills around Tasmania, I'm getting you. <laughs> Come on, Bob. Come on. Get the buddy to Lou. Get him out to Australia. Once again, Richard Fox is being very well contained by the Red Barons and not allowing him any close opportunities. So Richard's forced to take these long shots. We've got 45 seconds on the clock. Kathleen James on the ice now for the Cougars. Turns it over to Adams. But uh, James gets it back. Pounces on it, though. She nearly had an opportunity to get a first goal for the season as uh, Richard Fox takes it on. He just pushed the net out of the way. He said, get out of my way, everyone. Richard Fox is coming through. And he's been held there by Scotty Ree. Graham Falk comes in, but the shot just goes wide. And uh, Matty Adams not happy with a bit of treatment there because he's lost it. And Graham Falk has flicked it in the back of the net, meanwhile. Oh, and Richard Fox is not happy. Oh, Richard Fox has just struck hard raised. Oh, Richard Fox with the right fist. He's not happy. He's off. I think he's gone for the game. And he is not happy. Oh, he's back on the ice here, Richard Fox. It's it's on. And uh, the, meanwhile, the, the, the clock has ended. Now, I think this has uh, stemmed back a little bit because there was a little bit of aggression before that goal happened. There was a stick gone. And Richard Fox is not happy. That right fist definitely collected Hargraves. Hargraves has a blood nose, meanwhile. And uh, Richard Fox, when he was sent off, also shoved Polari, the ref. And they're still going at it here. 
And I think you can hear Dean Hargraves, who has just said, we should not see this in our game. Can he get it over to Derby? He's decided to take this all by himself. Skated all the way back into the neutral pass. The blue line goes for that long shot. Thank you very much. And gets the goal. That's a hat trick for Brendan Rose. Well, I was wondering what he was doing there. He just casually skated behind his own net. Up into the neutral zone on the blue line. Took the shot. Bang. Yeah, game on. It's back to 5-3 now. They're in with the shot. Absolutely. We know how quickly the Sharks like to score. They came right back against the Falcons back in that first game in round two. So the Sharks definitely still in with this one. I mean, we've only played uh, six minutes in this period. So tons of time still left in this match for them to mount a comeback. Cockrell now with that puck. Goes the long shot! Oh! Cockrell! Thank you very much. Two goals in a minute for the Sharks. And what did we say, Paul? We've got a game in our hands. Oh, yep. And with that, we do. Yeah, it's even right back. A 5-4. It is. And they are coming. They've got the momentum at the moment. The Sharks will sweep on this one now. Rose will try and control it. London goes back against the board. Ten seconds. Parcel has his puck. Gets it to Pike. Seven seconds. Pike will go against Cockrell. He gets a magnificent work. Four seconds on the clock. Cockrell, two-on-one opportunity. Great save, Joel Richardson. Stopped a certain goal at the death. And uh, Richardson just waits down there. And, uh, oh, Rose. Oh, Rose has had a swing at Parcel. Rose and Parcel are into this here. Oh, it's on. London's having to get in there and stop. They were having some words there. And uh, Rose had a swing. I think he connected there by the looks of things. And Parcel not wanting to retaliate. He just goes off and says, look at that. He went it. And Rose is not a happy camper. And he's, he's come off here and he'll go in to the rooms. And that could be it for Brendan Rose this evening. He's just waiting there at the boards. That was an interesting little uh, go there. That was a, that was a real uh, attempt at, at, a, at a brawl there, I think. Um, yeah, but the gloves weren't dropped. So from what I'm hearing, apparently it's only a five-minute penalty if that's what happened. But Graham Fall, I think he, uh, he gave him the match to sit out. And uh, Cockrell just dumps that one back. A minute ten to go. I think this is all uh, pretty much done and dusted. The Falcons are not looking chance there. Oh, Hornery's taking it. Oh, he's, he, I think he's taking the, uh, the old Italian soccer team advice there. He's gone down, the, uh, the old horn dog. <laughs> I wanted to get that one in. Um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's the opposite. Let's call that the Hornery corner. <laughs> yes, you've got the face it is, the Hornery corner. And uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Cross got an elbow up there. There's no doubting about that, but I don't think it really connected with him too well. And uh, Hornery, as well as being a bit of an angry man, is also a bit of a hidden actor. Maybe seen him at the Playhouse in uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley or something like that. 38 seconds to go here. The Sharks two goals up. And the miracle is going to happen here for the Falcons. We went into the helmet of Polari there. Pilari, uh, Parcel has it with Cross. And Parcel will come away with this. So he's got 28 seconds to get something here. Polari holding him against the boards well. Parcel has it. Tries to get it towards me, and he smacks himself on the board. 18 seconds on the clock. Me has it. Runs into Graham Paul. The ref is trying to get out of the way. Fighting hard against the board. 12 seconds on the clock. The Sharks are going to have a win here. The Falcons are going to fall their second game in a row. The puck is just fought hard against the boards. It's not coming out. Five seconds on the clock. It's not going to matter. Rose claps in hand. He knows they've won. There it is. And Cross and Parcel are now having a bit of a go. Parcel once again in the thick of it. And it doesn't matter. Oh, and Cross has dropped his gloves. Cross has dropped his gloves. Oh, he's shoving it out into it. Oh, it's on again. He's really pushing it hard. He's grabbed the helmet there of Parcel, and Hornery is holding him back. And uh, they're going to have to break this up. Cross dropped the gloves, and that is a sign in ice hockey 
that uh, they want to dance Paul Luttrell. Yeah, uh, Parcel, he's been the focus of everyone's aggression tonight. Um, I, I think we're going to get some post-match entertainment as well after the, after the second game outside, apparently. <laughs> Fox is really launching. Oh, that was a hard hit. That was a very hard hit against Scott Reid. Bangs against the board. And Richard Fox will go off and have a, a rest and their head's back. And that will be him out for the rest of the game too. Yeah, that's a massive disadvantage to the Cougars. The Barons, they look, they look likely here. Um, they've got to launch. Wow. A power play with 90 seconds on the clock. Fox is out of this match. Unless the Red Barons, of course, score here, then the power play will be over. But, um, wow, this is a big moment for the Barons for the comeback of the season. Reed this time is the one who shoves down Nick Fall. Nick Fall dumps it up to the other side. It's only Graham and Nick on the ice now. Brendan Rose, Scotty Reed, Matty Adams. The heroes here for the Barons. Adams tries to get it to Rose. Great defensive work from Nick Fall. Now a chance here for Scott Reed with the shot. the bounce back down. Oh, so close. Nick Rose is the winner. Oh, it's gone over the top. 44 seconds. Adams. That hit the crossbar and looked like it was going to roll down in there, but it just couldn't happen. Rose and the pass went over. There were 30 seconds. As, as Rose argues, the clock is counting down. He's got to get on with it here. 28 seconds. Reed up against Fall. Rose for the long shot, but the blue line. Great save there from Barella. Dump back there from Nick Fall. Chance now here for Brendan Rose. He gets it off the pace of Capacci. 15 seconds on the clock. Reed falls over himself. Nick Fall has his puck up against the board. Dumps it. 10 seconds on the clock. Last roll of the dice here for the Red Barons. Rose just dumps that one. Long. Oh, that would have been an American goal. And that's going to be it. Two seconds. One second. It's over. It's over. It's all over. We have our first tie for 2014. Shoots! Save there from Elliott, who's just been so good in that long-range shot. Russell puts it in! He gets it! It's all level! Graham Ford did what he did last week and gets an equaliser around about this time as well. I think it was a little bit less time on the clock this time, but literally there should be a minute less on the clock because of that in a minute. It's 8 all. Someone's going to get hurt now. <laughs> Richard Fox gets this one back to Graham for Polari. Clears the danger. Oh, Barella's come right out of his crease. Danger here for the Cougars, but they've cleared it away. Sam Fall with a very long dump shot just wide. Lovely pass from Sam Fall to Richard Fox. Finds Graham Fall in space, but Bond somehow, as he does all night, just covers it. Oh, oh no, he chased there for Elliot. He's just, he saved it and put it in. It's gone. He has it. Did it stay back here? Now the net has come out. Will it count? Because the net had been pushed out of its slot. They're shaking their heads. No goal. No goal. And Richard Fox just... Uh, you, you nearly, both of you, just uh, had to give me some space there for a moment. Because the, in all fairness there, I don't think it was a goal. Because the net was out of its uh, place just as it went in. So uh, it would have been a very unlucky decision for the Sharks to have that one scored against him. Now, Graham Fall's going to come out here. Richard Fox is still staying out there. So Richard Fox has stayed out there, and he looked, I don't think they're going to pull Richard off now. With 90 seconds on the clock, this is only good for uh, the Sharks because, of course, the clock doesn't stop in the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League. And with 90 seconds on the clock, Fox, Sam Fall, and Graham Fall will be the last line here, and Rose face it. Rose still going. Now, Sam Fall back in that club's corner. Just stop there from uh, Facer. And uh, Graham Ford will collect this one. He's got Rose on one side to uh, stop him. And uh, high stick. 
and um, you'd be happy with that extra minute now it gives them a chance to win well yes I'll, I'll be happy with the extra minute if they win but <laughs> as uh, we've got one minute on the clock so the, the clock literally should be over right now because we have played 20 minutes but we're going to play 21 the, uh, there's all in it here for the winner now Rose he goes into the club corner shoots just wide the puck's gone out has it no it's still aimed in Richard Fox still has it now towards Sandfall Sandfall loses a long shot Elliot great save Cockrell behind the net still goes along the boards Cockrell towards Everett no he's taking it on himself here Leighton Cockrell still going Leighton Cockrell's going to turn it in Leighton seconds on the clock, he puts it in. What did I tell you? The extra minute on the clock. Oh, I want I would, I would to take this to the tribunal. They need to speed it up. Come on. 18 seconds. They can still get it, but I don't think they will. 12 seconds on the clock. 10 seconds. They've pulled the goalie. Barella's out and Rose has got to put an empty net. Oh, he's missed it. Five seconds on the clock towards Graham Fall. Graham Falls. Oh, they stopped it. And Rose for the last minute. Oh, wow. oh, no. <laughs> I call this dirty. There was an extra minute. Oh, this is, this is, this is a sport you don't want to have if you've got a heart problem. And what a match, what a season. Face off, shot, goal there from Cockrell. And oh, Cockrell comes in and just says, How you doing? To old Joel. Oh, and in comes Highland, gives him a shove. Well, 18 seconds on the clock, and we've still got every opportunity to have a bit of a punch on. And Highland is coming in to protect his uh, netminder, and off he goes. Well, Luke Highland will spend the closing moments of 2014 in the bench. <laughs> well, it sums up this match. It's been, it's been tough, it's been hard, and everyone for the Falcons is congratulating Luke Highland for standing up for Joel Richardson. He's the only one out there, Joel, who just hasn't even bothered to shove anyone at all tonight. He's, he's popped a few. He's getting belted physically. He's <laughs> uh, motioning to the car park saying he wants to meet him out there. Well, obviously, uh, it's unfinished business. See how it goes. We're into the final 10 seconds. The Falcons just absolutely dominate this evening. They've dominated the season for 2014. They are your back-to-back -back champions. 2013-2014. The Falcons are premiers. But it doesn't matter. There's been an accident, uh, an incident there. Cockrell v Pike. It's over. Well, they've ended the season on a massive big bang. And Rob Pike, he's up. He's celebrating with his teammates. His first premiership medal in the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League. And what an absolute superb match. What a superb season. Premiers 2014, the Falcons. Frank Woodley, question number one. What is your favourite type of cheese? Cheese? Um, oh, tasty. Tasty. Just the regular cheese? Just the regular tasty. Yeah. I, I don't even know... I don't even know what the other cheeses are called. See, I said I'm not a foodie. Exactly, you did, and I've got a food question. How uh, how ironic does that turn out? Uh, question number two, when it comes to toilet paper, are you a folder or a scruncher? A oh, folder, definitely. Folder. Yep. And, and I go in from the front. Ah, right, so front to, to back? or Yeah. 
Yeah, I go in from the front. I used to go to the back. I don't know. Don't know why. When I was about thirty, I don't think the concept of going in from the front had ever occurred to me. And then I heard someone discussing it, and I had a crack, and it's worked for me. I've gone in from the front ever since. <laughs> and uh, having hey, and here's a little tip for people. I didn't realise this. Have you ever had that experience of a of a super buoyant poo? Uh, I mean, a lot of people have had that. I have actually. Now that I think, yeah, of it. yep, yep. It's a terrifying and, and very upsetting experience. Well. Happened to me a couple of months ago. It was at a friend's place. Guess what? I just reached into the toilet bowl, pushed it under, <laughs> and then just washed my hands afterwards, and it was fine. I didn't die or anything. Well, there you so, go. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of, I don't know if there's any kind of health professionals out there who are going, that's not the most hygienic <laughs> advice I've, I've heard recently, but um, just give yourself a good wash afterwards. It seems to work fine. <laughs> I'm going to remember that next time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Uh, question number three. Growing up, what was your dream job? Um, I wanted to be Harry Butler, actually, who was like a, you know, a precursor to Steve Irwin. Ah. So he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he didn't kind of wrestle crocodiles so much as he'd, He'd lift up a log and go, ah, look, there's a go on, goanna under here. Look at that, isn't it? A beautiful creature. And that's what I wanted to do when I was about, you know, 14. Mm-hmm. Still time. Yeah, got yeah, yeah, of time yeah. ahead of you. We found you a blue know? tongue in our backyard recently, and that was pretty exciting. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I might. He had a big bushy beard, and I, I might start growing it. Do it. I, I could see it would suit you very well. Uh, question number four, also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Um, Nana Muscuri. Ah, actually. yes. Yeah, I... I don't know what it was about her, but she just really flicked that switch in it's me. That voice—it's that Greek voice, isn't it? Yeah, I think that might have been. Oh, now you're making me think of Anonymous Corey. Thanks for that. Uh, final question. Today. And, and and interestingly, the kind of the kind of I see her in like these, you know, big thick black glasses and a white caftan, <laughs> which I don't normally associate with sexiness, but for some reason, with Anonymous Corey, really got me going. I could see a TV show, Frank Woodley and Anonymous Corey. <laughs> Discover wildlife. I'm not sure if she's still kicking around. I haven't seen her for about 30 years, but um, I, oh. I quite like to hook up with her. Come back to her. Come back to her. Uh, final question. Frank Woodley, what is your worst habit? Uh, my worst habit is that I, um, I'm i a fingernail chewer, and it's particularly antisocial in my case because I don't restrict it to my own fingernails. <laughs> right. So people in the front row should be uh, scared at your show then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Look out. Look out, people. <laughs> Before I let you go, uh, Bert, I have had the request. Now, now my mother likes to um, sort of uh, know who I'm interviewing, and I, I update her, and I sort of say, look, I'm, I'm speaking to Bert Newton today, and she sort of, her eyes have lit up. She's going, oh, oh, you've got to mention that I want to say hello to Bert. And I don't often do this, Bert, so can I please pass on a hello from my mother to you this morning? What's her name? Her name is Kim. Kim? Yes. Kim, this is Bert here. All the very best to you. Thank you for... Uh, for asking after me. I'm sure Ben wasn't telling a lie. I, I, I really hope that you said, well, you know, please say hello to Bert for me. I'm saying hello to you. You've got a great son with a big future and uh, and I hope that your life is filled with lots of love and good things at the moment and for the future too. I went to do some investigative journalism mm. this morning. I went to Canada with that terrible teleport that we have. Mm-hmm. Sorry I used up the last bit of the energy, by the way. Mm, I went there and I'm like... Oh, how do you feel about Chad and Avril splitting up? And he's like, what? And I'm like, Chad and Avril, they're splitting up. Then he just burst out in tears and mm. he cried so much that his like, face was flooded. And yep. So I'm just, I just left. There, there's those live webcams of like, you know, you can get city webcams and there's like live ones in the streets yeah. of Vancouver. They're empty because everyone's just at home crying. Yeah, um, it's just, it's really depressing. It's, it's terrible. 
Um, you know, Avril Lavigne fans are burning yeah. Nickelback CDs. Yep. Every sane person in the planet is just burning Nickelback CDs <laughs> yeah. because that's what you do with yeah, Nickelback CDs. Right. Um, and every Nickelback fan is, um, you know, the one person is... Yeah. <laughs> All the all the horse faces are crying. All the <laughs> what? Um, the fact, yeah, you're investigative journalism, absolutely, because you know, according to New Zealand, you're a journalist. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Official. Exactly. Yep. I am actually a journalist. I don't screw my uni degree. <laughs> screw that. Screw my education. You can throw that down the drain too. I am a journalist. Just look how happy they look in that picture. I know. Look at them. Avril and Chad. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's putting on a little fake smile and Chad's just chilling. Forget Brangelina. You know, forget yeah. Benefer. Yeah. This so, was bad. That is such a fake <laughs> smile, though. Look at that. Or Chavril. Look at, look at that. No, look at, look at Avril. It's such yeah, a fake people smile. People at home right now listening yeah. to this are looking at Yeah, the illusion of radio, anyway. Chavril? Chavril. <laughs> Chavril are breaking up! Or, like, yeah, Chavril. Not Chavril! No, Chavril! I can't handle it! I shipped that no. couple! Oh! I'm quitting radio! Oh no! Out. No! Ben! 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 And um, Ben's gone. He's actually gone. He's. Yeah. He actually. You know what? That's actually the first time in 10 years I've ever actually walked out yeah, of the he studio. Actually, but, he literally um, walked out and shut the door behind him, and he looks like he's about to cry. Chevron's <laughs> gone. He's, um, yeah. yeah, he's the Baron of Tang and Apocalypse Kids. I need to just go. He, yeah, he needs to. He needs to <laughs> it's the brink on Edge Radio. He needs to relax. 99.3 FM. It's the brink on Edge Radio, 99.3 FM. Um, you've got Dakota with you. Uh, ben has... Ben has actually left the studio in a array of tears. It was quite a sad moment. He he comes up to me, he puts puts his puts his hand on my shoulder and says, "Dakota, the brink is yours. I can't take it anymore." Chavril have split up, and with his face all wet, and he walks out, and I watched him get in his car, and he drove off. It was it was quite quite. Quite a depressing moment, but um, now he's just stuck with me. It's all right. So it's um, I've decided that in honour of Ben Waterworth, our good friend, um, we're going to participate in everyone's favourite game show. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's forget the lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. All right, so. In also honour of Chavril splitting up, we're going to... Well, I'm going to sing um, Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Um, so, <laughs> it's really sad that Ben's not here, but... Alright, let's get into it. Let's go. Hi, Dakota. Whoa, Ben! <laughs> what? I just thought I'd just pop up. I heard you say you were going to tribute to Chavril, so... Wait. I just, there's, How did a, you... there's a back door. You don't know where it is. Wow. No one in Edge knows where it is. Actually, I created it. So, yeah. Wow. Snuck up through the floor. So, look, I've pulled myself Sweet. together. Um, yes. But you, you, I saw you, dri- I watched you drive off. I did. Um, I just ducked after Canada quickly just to, um, you know, get the vibe of the country. And um, look, you know, it's not it's not good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's it's really not good right now in Canada. You've, no. They're, they're in mourning. Yeah, you've, um, you've you've wiped tears off your face. Yeah, look, I'm in mourning. Oh, it is morning, and I'm in mourning. Yes, we're, we're all we're all happy to have you back. Thank you, thank you, Dakota. Yes. It means a lot. 
guess. It really means I'm a lot. Glad the show is not mine anymore. Great, great, great memories there, reliving all those moments. And it's hard to believe that they were good, what, six years ago, five years ago, as they were the first five years of the decade. So uh, very good memories indeed. Of course, next week we'll be back for part two of The Best of the Decade, bringing you the best bits from the years between 2015 and 2019. Interestingly enough, so you hear some moments that you've already heard of last week. But uh, obviously the majority of that time spent was in our podcast era, but still a couple of years, at least one year there where we were on Radio 2, and still a few little tidbits that we're also going to include from uh, High Noon, which was basically the Brink uh, 2.0, just on a lunchtime slot. Uh, you'll hear that, of course, next week as well. If you do want to hear some other stuff as well, I'll just a quick little tease out there for our sister show, The Oz Network, where some best bits of this year for 2018, uh, 2019, sorry, I'm forgetting the years, as well as, of course, uh, The Decade. We'll be doing a similar one, but featuring just uh, some classic Survivor Oz memories back when we used to be purely a Survivor-based show. So head over to theoznetwork.net and you can find that as well in the coming weeks as we close out the year and the decade too. But remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels. We do appreciate your support here on The Brink and we love that you're listening and that's still keeping up with us all these years after we have started. But until next week, thanks for tuning into The Brink. My name is Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, hope a cargo and a good night. <laughs>